All right, and welcome back to the latest installment of the Metal Oasis podcast and with your host, me, Adam, and my bronze golden god, Orion. Say hello, everybody. Hello, everybody. That's all you got? Just a Every hello? time. That's Listen, I am I, I, I'm consistent. I'm direct. This is what the people are here for. They want to hear my sultry voice, but they want it to be brief and, and direct, which is what I do. I'm going to start just editing your voice out every week now, so it's just me talking. And then our viewership would diminish so fast. That's true. It would. So thank you for being here. You're welcome. Um, so this week we've got a new episode, obviously. Uh, my pick of the week, Avenge Sevenfold's The White Album. And with that, we're going to round out the four horsemen of our guests. First, we had Billy, Scholes, and Chris. And now we're going to bring on one half of the duo from the Shout It Out Loudcast that sparked the idea for me to start this wonderful podcast. Tom from the Shout It Loudcast. Say hello, Tom. Hello, Tom. Oh, wait, no. <laughs> ah, perfect. Now, you did exactly what I said, so I appreciate that. Adam, uh, Orion, what's up, guys? Thank you so much for having me. Uh, this is going to be very exciting. Thank you, man. Thank you for being here with us. We're very yeah. excited to have you. All right. It's going to be a lot of fun. Like I said, this was... Um, you know, a little background as to why I asked you to come on. You know, I was <clears throat> listening to your podcast religiously week after week, and then y'all got special episodes called the Album Review Crew, and your pick was Avenge Sevenfold's Hail to the King. And I'm just like, wait a minute. These <laughs> old fucks listen to new metal? I don't understand this. What What is going on? They're talking about, you know, Poison, Rat, Motley Crue, Ingve, Momstein, Prince, and here comes one guy's like, Avenge Sevenfold. I was like, okay, hold on. So maybe this guy is actually really cool. Let me just uh, reach out to him. <laughs> what an <laughs> asshole. Maybe this, maybe this guy is cool. <laughs> well, you did. Uh, you did not like my my email when I said that you were caught gobbling all over Prince's Purple Rain. So, dude, that album's inc- Prince. Is that's the a goat. that is a, that's an incredible album. It's Prince see, is the goat. <laughs> there's a recurring theme on this podcast, and I feel like you're getting the firsthand experience where Adam is. Almost always, not almost. Adam is always wrong. Is the theme, and now you're experiencing it firsthand. So right. well, good. Yeah. We'll see how wrong he is after we blow through this album. We'll see what we can right. talk about. Awesome. Um, well, on that, so again, Tom, as I mentioned earlier, so the Metal Oasis podcast is really uh, it was a place for me and Ryan to kind of link up, join together, and review and go back and re-examine albums that really shaped our musical taste as you know, young adolescents and. You know, I think we were kind of at a pretty cool time in our lives when that was emerging with legacy and nostalgia acts still on tour, but also being in the forefront of new metal where basically the old guard and new guard heads collide. And so we got to really experience a lot of cool things with music. Um, So the whole thing was to kind of go back and reexamine all that and see, you know, do albums hold up to what they actually were when we first listened to them Um, and albums that shaped our taste in the different subgenres. So my question for you, Tom, is like, you know, tell us about your history into, you know, what is your metal journey thus far? Well, since I'm the old man of the group, um, I was about eight years old when MTV launched. Um, and I have a, I have a sister who's four years older than me. So everything started for me with kiss. Uh, I was about five years old and my older cousins turned me on to kiss uh, and this was in the late 70s. So it was Kiss. And then, again, my sister was a few years older than me. So then she started getting into, like, Prince, uh, you know, Pat Benatar, like that kind of stuff. And then MTV launched. And at the time, there really weren't a lot of videos. 
Um, and some of the videos that were there were a lot of like live performance type stuff. You saw a lot of like Van Halen performance videos, Def Leppard performance videos, Rush, things like that. Uh, and then also at that time in the in the early mid eighties, that was like the era of going to the mall, hanging out at record stores and flipping through all the albums and cassettes. So I started, you know, with listening to Kiss, getting into some like pop stuff. But my first real thing was was Ozzy. Oh, yeah. uh, and it was and it was funny because my parents, you know, uh, Blizzard of Oz came out when I was seven. My parents were like, yeah, there's no way you're getting this cassette with a guy holding a cross. And, you know, I come from a nice Catholic household, so that was never going to happen. So Ozzy, Speak of the Devil, that kind of stuff. Judas Priest, Screaming for Vengeance, early Def Leppard, you know, high and dry. Uh, loved all that. And then eventually when MTV really took off and everything was real visual with like hair metal, I started really getting into that feet first. Rat, Motley Crue, Poison. And then that kind of evolved my tastes into like things getting a little bit more, more harder. Uh, Tesla still kind of considered hair metal, but not as glammy as, as poison sure. and, and rat, those kind of things. Uh, and then I started continuing to follow kind of the career of Ozzy, the career of kiss um, Metallica. My sister, again, older than me got the cassette of master of puppets. And I was like, Whoa, like I've never heard anything like this ever. Their best album. Second best. It's right up there. I'll, I'll let you guys fight that out because I'm on the fence on both. Yep, that's fair. So that, that was the first time I'm like, wait, what is this? I've never heard anything like this. Like when I first heard Battery, I'm like, this is insanity. So then that that hooked me into Metallica. Um, and then it just it just kind of carried its way through. I mean, I had like all different different genres. I mean, I was heavy into the grunge stuff, but that a lot of grunge was metal. Alice in Chains and Soundgarden, that's metal. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and then it just continued. I, I kept following Metallica. I loved some of the heavy stuff that Kiss was doing with Revenge and Carnival of Souls. And then I started to drift away. The 90, late 90s, early 2000s were, were a weird time for rock because you started having like a lot of the rap rock stuff, the new metal. Yeah. Um, I was obsessed with Rage, Rage Against the Machine, seen them a bunch of times in concert, love their stuff to me that they, they, they can do no wrong. They stood out as something really unique and really different. Uh, and then the early 2000s, I started getting into, you know, stuff like the Deftones. I, I really like oh, them. Yeah. I still I, love I, Deftones. I, yeah, I, I, I still like the Deftones. I, I still really like them. Uh, and, you know, we talked about this before we started recording. Satellite radio was really a savior for like newer, you know, keeping like the rock alive because regular radio, which nobody even really listens to anymore, just drifted away from that. So listen to things like Octane and Liquid Metal things like that got me into a lot of bands like uh, Chevelle is a band that I still love to this day. I've seen them in concert. Uh, those guys are so underrated, underappreciated. Love those guys. Um, and, you know, obviously Avenged Sevenfold, which we're talking about now, that's how I was really introduced to them was, and it was kind of this album, this white album, the self-titled, I knew about them, but I didn't really know much about them. And then almost easy was pretty much the, my first exposure to Avenged Sevenfold on Octane. And, you know, since then, you know, I've been a, a huge fan of them, a huge fan of metal. Um, I think my tastes a little bit more picky because there's so much out there. Every time I put on Octane, I'm like, I have never heard of this band before in my life. I don't know what this is. Um, so but I, I give it a shot. There's a lot of great stuff out there. A lot of great stuff out there. You just got to give it a shot. So that's in a nutshell, the uh, the journey. And I'm still listening to it now. So. Well, that's awesome. And I think that definitely speaks volumes to someone like yourself 
uh, whereas your counterpart is like, if it's after 1991, fuck it. It's like, <laughs> there's just, there's so much good music that is still being created. And I mean, a lot of it is, you know, I mean, just like with 80s glam metal, you've had, you know, I think glam, but, you know, you had like your big foundation with Poison, you know, Hanoi Rocks, Motley Crue, mm-hmm. um, and other bands like that, that were rat. Um, that really set the tone, and then it's just like, oh, you've got five good-looking guys. You can write a catchy hook. Well, actually, mm-hmm. we, we can get producers that can write you a catchy hook, and you, we can write you a catchy ballad and write and sell a you know ten million records. That's Sweet. it. It becomes yeah. very cooker cutter, and that's that's still evident today with like metalcore, um, which is I think a big you know genre that I really like is metalcore. Mm-hmm. There are you know the the big foundations with, you know, kill switch engage as a dying, um, God forbid these, you know, ones that were around in the early two thousands that set the foundation for what became this genre. And then you get just, it's just cookie cutter after that. So you're going to have that out there, but there are such, there are very good bands out there that are definitely still paving the way and carving new paths for, mm. you know, that is going to be something fresh and unique and new. It's like, like, how many times like there's only so many number of notes on a guitar that you can play but right. someone will always find a different way to make it heavier more unique more catchy and just carve that path so i, I definitely commend you for you know keeping you know carrying the metal flag trudging forward and just trying to find new music out there because it's just it's it's kind of sad like i mean today we're recording on the 8th of september and the queen died mm-hmm. you know it's like in my lifetime like i knew she's going to die i was like but when is the old guard going to actually pass away? Mm-hmm. We're going to be left with bands that are from the nineties and two thousands. Like those are the, the old guard, you know, mm-hmm. I like, like, I'm a big kiss fan. Personally, it was like, I'm very curious. Like what the fuck is going to happen when Gene and Paul die? Like mm-hmm. if one of them, if they die on a tour knock on wood, but what the fuck is going to happen to the band? You know, it's just, or Aerosmith. Um, I mean, Ozzy's on his way out, you know, uh, God bless Ozzy. He's hanging yeah. by a thread, that poor man right now. Yikes. Yeah. And <laughs> oh, and like, that was great though. Yeah. 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 That's true. Yeah. I mean, but, I mean, Slayer's hung up, you know, they've hung up there of uh, touring. You know, Anthrax still tours. Metallica's still big, it's bigger than ever. But like, what happens if Lars dies? Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, well, they'll find, you know, Mike Portnoy. It's like, oh, Metallica's the best ever. Exactly. Um, right, right. But it's like, what happens when these older bands, when they die off, it's like, well, you've got we talk about this now it's like all right now we we didn't i wanted to stay away from discussing iron maiden ozzy metallica megadeth because there's plenty of you know i think documentaries and research and podcasts talking about these older bands i want to talk about newer bands to give them the exposure you know from this from two goons in central virginia you know (laughs) it gets you know 20 listens a week it's like i want to get their voice get their stories get their music out there because if one person listens to them, that's one more person reached. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just, you know, again, I commend you for being active in the current metal community. Because I think we we have to be together to continue this, or it's going to die. But um, and but it's it. But I, I will say, you know, it's in in defense of my uh, co-host who doesn't really listen to new stuff. It takes effort to listen to new stuff because you have to 
like I said, if I didn't have satellite radio, and I know that, you know, Spotify and Apple Music, they do like, oh, you might like or recommendations and stuff yeah. like that. But, you know, I have a long commute to and from work. So I'm in my car and I have the opportunity to listen to podcasts like yours, explored music that I'm not familiar with, or listening to satellite radio and putting on Octane or Liquid Metal and being like, what the hell is this? This is wild. Like all those bands you just named, you know, Kill Switch Engage or like a... It's funny because all of those bands, well, I shouldn't say all of them, but there's a huge contingent of those bands that originated from central and western Massachusetts. Yeah. You know, Kill Switch Engage, Shadows Fall, like those bands, they're all from Mass. Yep. And that's like that whole- All that remains? Yeah, all that remains. Yeah, exactly. That, that's like a whole little contingent of those bands that kind of, that, like you said, there's a, that foundation of that genre. And now you go and put on Octane and like it's a perfect analogy from- that the glam stuff of the eighties, it's like, Oh, we have kill switch engage, but then we have this band I've never heard of. It's like, Oh, when you had rat and then you had like, Oh, there's Brittany Fox. It's like, it's the same thing. And, but it, it, it takes effort to find these musics and it takes effort to kind of differentiate like, okay, this is cool. Or this is just cookie cutter shit. So it, yeah. it it's tough, but I guess it was like that all the time. But when I was growing up, it was easier because you had MTV, you had headbangers ball, you had record stores, you had rock radio, now it, it's it's a lot it's a lot harder to find all these bands and you yep. really have to seek it out. It's yeah. it's kind of bitterly ironic to me because we live in this like plugged in society where everything's online, right? And you should have access to everything, but I definitely find myself listening to albums I already like. And whenever exactly. Spotify pops up and it's like you might like this band, I'm like, but I might not. Yep. And I'm just gonna go back and listen to this album <laughs> that I do like. Yep. Um so it's weird. It's it's interesting because I mean I would love to go to like a record release party and listen to something live for the first time. And I've only done stuff like that a couple of times. And that's, you know, for example, if a band is playing a song that's going to release on a new album that nobody's heard, that's like the mm -hmm. coolest thing ever. Mm -hmm. And we just don't have those experiences very much anymore. Yeah, it's true. It's like, I know when, so times of grace, which is the side project from Jesse and Adam from kills, which engage when they release their, you know, they released their first album like 10 years ago when the side project and they just released their second album probably about a year or so ago now. It's like, I refuse to listen to on Spotify. Like, I pre-ordered their white vinyl, like the pearl white vinyl. It was two vinyls, which is actually kind of cool. You may know this. It was a three, like a three disc or three side vinyl. And the fourth side was just like unpressed vinyl, which is pretty cool looking. Like, it was just very scorched and unrefined. But I refuse to listen to the album. It's like, I want... I bought the vinyl i want to put on my record player and i want to sit down and listen to it and just watch it spin and just you know be exposed to it for the first time and it was a pretty you know new experience for someone that's 30 years old to have that whereas before it's like oh you know shit new megadeth i'm sitting on the toilet taking a shit it's like boom press play and it's like oh sweet i'm listening to megadeth it's like we have this instant access for music now and it can be very overwhelming. It's like, where the fuck do you begin? Mm -hmm. And I, I will say, you know, I didn't, I've only had Spotify or streaming for two years now. And I've been exposed to so many new bands. And if it, because it's just stuff that just plays in the background, it's like, Oh, what was that? I, I like that song. Let me go back to it. And it's like, Oh, this band, like I mentioned it last week, um, dream shade, this German band. It's like, they're fucking awesome would have never discovered them if it wasn't for a suggested, you know, listen. So like, just like with, you know, liquid metal and boneyard and stuff like that. I think that's the thing. It's like, you've got to, you're going to find similar interests out there and you just go down, the, go down the metal rabbit hole, you know? 
Orion, you, you you brought up a good point too. It, it, the irony of being a, a plugged in, you're right. It is ironic because you have everything at your fingertips, but the easy thing to do is to go to what you're familiar with. Yep. You know, 100%. you're like, what do I? You, because before, if you had like a stack of CDs or a stack of whatever, you'd have to like physically go pull that CD out of your out of the rack or whatever. Now it's like, I don't know what I'm going to listen to. You know what? I think I'm just going to put on Kiss Destroyer again. I've been, even though I've listened yeah. to it for freaking 45 years, I'm just going to listen yeah. to it again. Cause I'm like, I don't know what to listen to right now. Yeah. Or, or you'll, or you'll go out. Like when you have some spare time, maybe you'll make a playlist and you'll just hit shuffle or something like that. But, but in terms of discovering new things, or even sometimes even listening to a new album by a band that you love is, is a challenge. Yeah. And you, you kind know? of check out sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Like we were just talking about the new Megadeth album yep. and it's like, all right, yeah, well, I guess I'll listen to it. I mean, I like Megadeth, you know, but it's like, eh, I don't know. Do I have the time to listen to, like, 10 new songs? Like, I don't know. Maybe I will. I get it. I won't, it, you know? It's not Symphony of Destruction. You know, it's not P-Cells, but right. You know, I, I commend, um, I, I'll say this, when Iron Maiden, I, I've only seen Iron Maiden one time, and it was on their Book of Souls tour. I had bought um wedding present or a present <laughs> for a friend of mine. Um, I was like, hey, man, I got you tickets to go see Iron Maiden. For a, a wedding gift um, can i go I, I know your wife doesn't <laughs> like this kind of music can i be the other ticket <laughs> so and this is when i made it was in the, the middle of that lawsuit for hallowed be thy name so you didn't get to see it and they didn't get to see it but what a bummer it man. was on book of souls they played like five songs from that album it's like we're not going to just play the trooper um you know, Aces, number of the beast. Or, yeah, number yeah. of the beast. Aces high. You know, can't play with madness. The rhyme of the ancient manner. I can play these classic songs. Like we put out new music because we like this new music, mm-hmm. and we're touring it like we did in the eighties. Like mm-hmm. we put out a new record. We're gonna play the new record and dribble in old shit. Whereas now it's like you know, Kiss for example. It's like, hey, we put out Monster. Here's um, Hell or Hallelujah. Fuck the other songs. Yep. We're gonna keep playing it, but we'll play one song from the new album. It's like. So I, I can see where these legacy or nostalgia acts, as you want to say, they put out new music, but it's like, and and Paul Stanley did say a pretty good in the interview with um, uh, fuck Howie Mandel. Oh yeah, like, it just doesn't have the same oomph. It doesn't hit you with a memory or a feel like it's going to when you're in your teenage years or when you're very um impressionable about making those long lasting memories. So I can see where, you know, the the only impact the new Megadeth album is going to have on somebody is if it's, you know, your 15 year old son who's like, ah, I'm going to get into metal. And, you know, his dad picks it up. It's like, Hey, we got the new album. Like, and that's the first album that he is exposed to by Megadeth that will have the legacy impact on him. And then he gets the whole, you know, adventure of journeying back through the catalog of Megadeth. Yeah. But, but for us as you know, older, you know, jaded fans, as you want to say, it's like I, I just want to hear Peace Cells and Symphony again. Like, you know, I, I don't need to hear the new shit. Like, let me just listen to the old shit. And I think that's kind of where metal fans can be toxic. It's like, no, it's like this artist is still want to put out mu- music. And you know, Iron Man and Megadeth, I mean, they're pretty much and even Ozzy. I mean, I actually really like that last Ozzy album. It's like it's they're still putting out good, solid music. So well, I mean, when Metallica put Hardwired out in 2016, yeah, Hardwired, I, I, I fucking love that album. I saw that tour. 
they were incredible. There are some to me. There are some like I wish I could like, see the Hardwire tour. Yeah. Th- there are some songs on that on that album that per, for, if I was going to make like a, a Metallica playlist, there's like two or three songs I would throw on that from that album that 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 would supersede songs from other classic '80s albums because I yep. think it's that good. Yeah, yeah. spit so, out the bone is damn good. Yeah, spit out the moth bone, moth into flame, Atlas rise. I mean, this yeah. is like, like Those are my incredible three. stuff Atlas. on yep. there. Yeah. Those are uh, yeah. yeah, but. Mm. Zeus and I talk about this every week about Paul and Gene's theories on new music and you know either there's no money in it which is stupid and insulting or fans don't want it or to me it's an excuse it's translated to me as and we're too lazy we don't have the creativity but we're going to still go out and tour and play all of our legacy songs and 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 sell out you know nine ten thousand seat arenas for people and yeah. and that's fine that's fine I'll I'll go and I'll go see the show but if Kiss put out a record right now I'd buy it. I, I I'd probably be the worst critic of it, but because I think Monster is absolutely terrible, but that's okay. <laughs> so it's I got a Monster volume too. My brother, I don't know how clear this is going to be. My brother is is actually he just met Megadeth like minutes ago. Oh, nice! Yeah. Look at that! Wow, <laughs> yeah. so that's really cool. Uh, that's nice. I texted him and said, "Dave doesn't look happy to see you or be around you." Well, he's <laughs> he's busy signing. It's a hell of a workout, <laughs> Dave. My um, goodness, I'm with you though, because I mean. I mean, I really liked Hardwired, actually. Um, And I would like to... I mean, I've seen Metallica several times, but I haven't seen them on, you know, this most recent iteration of their most recent album tour. But Mm -hmm. I would want to see a few songs from that album played Mm -hmm. live. And, like, I have staple songs I always love seeing, like Blackened or Battery or things like that. But Mm -hmm. I would love to see a song I've never seen them play before. And, you know, I was remiss, even in my... um, When we did our set list draft... I tried to be cognizant of, I want to see songs I've never seen them play before. And then I look right. back at my list again. And I was like, I've seen like three of these songs already. Right. before." Right. right. <laughs> yep. <laughs> well, I mean, just like, I remember seeing the video that was released when they did Moth into flame. Cause it was, they hadn't like, there was no word about hardwired yet. It was really just, Hey, we're Metallica. We have a new song never played before live. And like the crowd went fucking nuts. Mm-hmm. And it's like, like, there is going to be those diehard fans that was like, I love this band and I just want to keep seeing you be successful because you mean a lot to me. And, and Tom, you're right. It's like bands are just lazy. I think that well, they can be lazy and it's like, well, we just want to live off what we've done in the past yep. and not spend the time and effort. But, and that could just be just straight business and it is what it is. Or you're just a, a true, a true musician to where it's like, the money doesn't matter. And I know Gene Simmons will say, well, it's always about the money. Um, but if you're, you know, I think Iron Maiden and Metallica uh, and, and Megadeth, like those are the big three that they do care about the music. Um, mm-hmm. They do write, continue to write good songs and will continue to put out music. And it will it stand up, you know, to their classic albums? I mean, we don't know because it's been five years at most for these albums to be out. So they don't have the weight, the time to sit on the burner and just churn within your soul and get it like, Oh, that one song. Like, fuck like that actually does hit hard mm-hmm. and hits on the same level. You know, I think it's kind of funny, like thinking back now with Iron Maiden, for example, you know, fear of the dark, this band's been out for 10 years and they can, they could just live off of, you know, beast, peace of mind, seventh power son, slave. power slave. They can just live off those albums. Mm-hmm. And then you got like, Ten years in their career, it's like here's Fear of the Dark, and that is, it. That's probably one of their best songs in their catalog, and I fucking love that song. It gets the crowd going every time it gets played live. So I think it's like 
you can still have those songs, those big classic heavy songs that are not from your early career. And I just wish that more bands would be cognizant. like, you know, be true to yourself, be true as a musician and just write a good song, write honestly and and truly, you know? Yeah. I think one thing that Paul said that kind of makes a lot of sense is that, and I don't think this is an excuse to not write new music is, but so when, when, when hardwired came out, you know, I was obviously I'm, I'm the, I'm the old man in the group. So when hardwired came out, I was in my early forties. Okay. Hearing moth into flame when you're in your early forties is a lot different than hearing one when you're 15. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, now that doesn't mean that I do, I don't love hardwired, but like, where's you know, the base? Well, well that that's when you that's a whole separate justice episode we can do but uh but but he's right but but to me that doesn't matter you should music nostalgia is a huge part of music okay obviously yes. it is okay you guys were a lot younger than me but you even you understand that but enjoying the music is still enjoying the music whether you're listening to metallica at 15 or 45 it doesn't matter and people like paul he he's sometimes an excuse machine and 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 that's that's okay he's a professional but i don't think you have to everything has to revolve around well it's it's not gonna have the same punch as when you were you know in high school of course it's not i'm not in high school anymore but it's yeah. still gonna it's still gonna matter to me because i love the band yep. yeah. um and and that's what bands like metallica and megadeth and iron maiden they stay aussie they still they still know that that their fans want that and maybe the albums aren't going to be great or terrific, or maybe they are. Maybe they're going to be a surprise, but at least they're putting it out there for yeah. people to make that decision on their own rather than Paul making it for us. Yeah, correct. It's like, I, I'll, I'll be just as happy to put Sonic Boom and Monster One just because it is, it's new music. It's like, oh, it's, yeah. let me just rediscover the song. Like, I remember actually listening to Monster, shoot, three years ago. It's like, you know, I really never get this a fair trial. And I love Take Me Down From Below. I was like, Me too. I love that song. It's a fucking awesome song. It's a, it's a fun you know, it's song. Like, it's a fun kiss song. I mean, yep. was it Lift Your Dress and I'll Raise My Flag? It's like, <laughs> what the fuck? It's, it's like, that's perfect, yeah, right? Exactly. And like, play that song right next to Love Gun. It's like, it's that will stand. Like, you're going to have that song will stand the test of time. But yeah. Um, but yeah. So well, again, we have the rabbit hole we have gone down. Thank you, Tom. That was. We, we love the rabbit hole. That's love what we got to um, do. Yep. So again, again, thank you, Tom, for coming to the podcast. I definitely am very happy to have you. Again, you were part of the inspiration to help me start this, and I appreciate that. Very thankful love, for you, you to take the time and spend time with us today. Absolutely. Um, so, as we mentioned last week, we did uh, kind of took a break from doing album reviews to actually, you know, wade in the waters of the Oasis to do something fun. Uh, we had. <laughs> Uh, Billy and Chris on to do the first ever, you know, fantasy draft for a Metallica set list. Uh, I did set some pretty tough parameters where you draft the song in order of the set. You know, no grabbing Enter Sandman to hold it for your encore. You draft it where you play it. And <laughs> it was a fuck ton of fun. Um, Orion, any feedback out there from you, buddy? I think some people were surprised with some of the picks. Um, I also, um, I know Tom hasn't listened to the whole episode yet, but I think there was some some unique choices to say the least. I don't mm -hmm. think there were huge surprises, maybe from Chris. Um, not surprising to me, but probably surprising to, to some of the listeners. But overall, I think people would have only been shocked if somebody just only grabbed songs from St. Anger or something. I think that's the only time people would have been <laughs> like, what is happening? Um, a, a, a nice surprise. Somebody, correct me if I'm wrong, somebody drafted Fixer. 
That was me. All right. Wow. All right. There you go. Yes. Yep. Yes. Yes. Love that song. I was dude. like, damn, there's a good one. Yep. All right. Yep. Yeah, okay. I, I made the joke to Chris and he was inside. I was like, pick where all the wild things are. He's like, you know what? I will. I do like that song. Oh, that like, was great. One oh, of yeah, his... You know what? I'm going to pick that. I like that song. Yeah. It's one of his <laughs> like, favorite songs. Yeah. <laughs> Those songs are awesome. <laughs> yep. Those songs are uh, both great. Yep. So, both great. So that again, that was a lot of fun. I was definitely just, it, it was a nice breath of fresh air just to kind of sit back and actually really enjoy metal and just the camaraderie with you know chris and billy on the episode again um so we did you know get some good feedback in terms of people listening to that which is pretty cool i think being a metallica uh pot episode metallica centric episode definitely uh reached a few more fans versus the uh unknown unleash the archers and three inches of blood episodes we've done but uh, nonetheless you know this is again our podcast so fuck them uh, By the way, three inches of blood is one of the greatest band names ever. I mean, so I, I mean, I, I've heard of them. I don't know their stuff that well, but I'm like, what a freaking great name. It's fantastic. So, we had the conversation with our fraternity brothers. I was like, so how much is three inches of blood? It's like, well, it depends on the volume. It's like, is it a cup or like a swimming pool? Because like, that depends yeah, on the, the severity. Space. Three inches yes. of blood in a cup is it's an okay amount of blood. But if it's three inches of blood from the floor in a swimming pool, so there's, there's a couple of blood. There's a couple. There's a, you're gonna stack of bodies lying around if there's yeah. blood. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so well, let's. So we did get some feedback uh, via email. And the reoccurring segment this is Anthony, uh, the strongly worded email <laughs> from one Anthony. Oh, no. Uh, he says, let me start out by saying Adam definitely cheated. Oh, 100% <laughs> without question. So oh, with, with the draft order. So yes. you weren't you didn't get to see the video. OK, no. this Jagaloon takes a dirty old slipper with four <laughs> pieces of paper in it with our names and he lifts it up to the camera and shakes it. Then he takes the, the thing down and pulls it out and he's like, oh, uh, Adam's first. And we were just kind of like, I mean, Scam. you know what? Whatever. Scam. But then what made it even funnier to me was that he did it again. He put it down. He picked up two pieces of paper. I could see he's holding two. He looks at one, sees it's me and it's. <laughs> And just, just like, uh, and he looks at the other one. He's like, Billy's third. And then he picks up the other one. He's like, oh, Ryan's fourth. 100% scam. <laughs> Collusion. <laughs> the sanctity of that episode is ruined. I love it. That Anthony was great. Goes, Anthony goes on and says, his nature is to cheat and steal, considering he's a hobbit, and they're renowned for their thievery. So it lines up. I mean, his fucking uncle was brought in to steal the Arkenstone for fuck's sake. <laughs> that is, I am so proud of all of these references. I already really like Anthony. This is just continuing uh, my appreciation because it's uh, two things. It, it's him showing his like Tolkien lore, which I respect, and it's making fun of Adam. So it's 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 great in multiple ways. Whammy. Yep. Uh, he it. goes on says Lars's drums have <laughs> Lars's drums have never sounded good, boys. You fucking idiots. Uh, Damn. The, Wait a minute. It never sounded good. Uh, Anthony's a salty Sally. Um, He said the best part of his drumming is when he doesn't play. Jesus. (laughs) Kind of rude. But I will agree with a few of you and say my favorite Metallica album is Injustice for All uh, because it's very much progressive. It is very much a progressive metal album. Mm -hmm. Quite frankly, nothing should have been ever been released after that. Oh, disagree there. Uh, Hot take. Um, what it's not better than, though, is the oh, Canadian yes. progressive metal powerhouse. 
Protest the Hero's Masterpiece, Volition. All that said, my suggestion for the week is get the Shots album, Infinite Punishment. It's a good fucking heavy music. Pretty cool album title and band name. I'll definitely check it out. Um, I do need you folks to hurry up with merch, seeing as I can do great advertising at Furnace Fest in a few weeks. Maybe there's a few people who want to dredge through Adam's lame opinions about metal music, just as I have. So hurry the fucking up. Protest the hero. See, this is why I know all these band names from Satellite Radio, from Liquid Metal. And I'm like, fucking protest the hero. What does that mean? What a weird name for a band. I'm like, all right, they sound kind of interesting. And just the band names, like, I mean, honestly, it was um, All That Remains, right? Okay. Like, that's, yeah. that's, pretty, that's a pretty cool name. Yeah. All That Remains. Like, cool, I'll check it out. And just in flames and you just listen to like if the album the band name is pretty cool it's like uh, uh, that alone's worth you know yep same thing oh i think the biggest one really was power I mean, was power wolf we drink your blood i was like what the fuck is that i got to listen to that how about so, dillinger how about dillinger escape, escape plan there's yep. a band name for you right there huh? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, we do Names have another we do have another email from old terry put it in reverse terry <laughs> he uh was uh he responded to us on our very first episode, so he's a longtime listener. This email's Uh-oh. a fucking nightmare. Uh says greet it's all in caps, so it's hard to read. Greetings, friends. May this electronic email find thee well. I write from the depths of minds in Williamsburg, the time at which to write dwindles, so I shan't be long. <laughs> all episodes should be singing the praises of the glorious Unleash the Archers. There are no other bands worthy of such worship. Praise be to thine Adam for his discovery and thus sharing Unleash the Archers to us pathetic mortals who have known only ignorance for what we have been shamed. Wow. Best regards, Terry. So I have a question for you, Adam. Are you Terry? Are you just writing these emails to yourself? I'm not Terry. That's too well written to be you. That's have you have you started doing burner accounts like our co-host Sonny does on the album review crew, the Sonny Pooney burner accounts? Fuck no, I could not keep up with the one account I have now. So I got time to do burners accounts. Uh, That's exactly what Sonny says when we accuse him of having burner accounts. I don't have time for that. I think that's Terry his, is Adam. That's his defense. <laughs> uh, well, thank you, boys, for the feedback on our episodes. I'm glad that you know I can share my love for Unleash the Archers, the Canadian powerhouse with strong vocals by one Britney Slays out there. Get them out to more and more fans. And then Anthony, again, we always appreciate the strongly worded email. The new segment coming next week. So can't wait to see what this is about next week. Um, <laughs> so with that being said, again, I want to, again, we have thanked everybody for listening to the Metallic episodes in our current episode or current episodes available. Um, it's definitely much appreciated to see the love that we're getting, especially across the country and across the globe. So keep the shares and listens coming because we want to keep spreading the wonderful word of metal to all our fans out there. With that being said, let us take a step in the right direction to the episode at hand, Avenge Sevenfold. So this was my week. Well, this was my pick for this week. Um, and the their 2007 release, you know, locally, it is a self-titled album, but well, locally known as the White Album because it is just a white album with the black bat on it um this was an album that i really got into toward the end of high school which was uh, trying to venture out from the shackles of 80s hair metal and 70s rock this was a band that kind of got me 
you know, moving forward into the current metal scene. Um, so I wanted to go back, re-listen to this and see if it really stood the test of time, if it really is as good as I said it was. So this is the fourth album from Avenged Sevenfold. It is the last one to feature uh, their drummer, The Rev, before he died from their follow-up album, Nightmare. And it's, I think it's a pretty solid album, you know, for, in terms of what it meant to me at the time in 2007, 2008. It was very unique, uh, you know, change from what the first three albums, especially with M. Shadow's vocals. Uh, his vocal style definitely changed from like the, you know, the harsh, like, rah, 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 to being more focused on like doing clean vocals. So it was, I think, at the time where I was not, you know, one to really venture into the very harsh, heavy screaming vocals, this was a good change for me. And I think a good exposure to other fans like myself to where it's like, this can be the intro, the stepping stone into venturing into their back catalog. So, uh, Tom, what do you think? Yeah, so this was actually my first kind of, uh, like I said earlier, my first exposure to Avenged Sevenfold. I had heard of them, but I never really heard too much from them. Uh, and I started hearing a lot from this album. Uh, Almost Easy was the song that kind of hooked me in. Uh, then I started paying a little bit more attention to the album, and I started uh, listening to uh, Scream, afterlife and i was like these guys there's something going on here this is like really unique nothing i had ever heard before uh m shadow's vocals are just off the charts like incredible we were talking before we started recording about vocals this guy checks off all the boxes for me extremely powerful aggressive but has a knack for just a hook and a melody with his with his tone and uh i think when you mix it in with what this band does musically uh the guitars the solos, the riffs, and Jimmy, the Rev, the drummer on this is—it's just—it's off the charts. Uh, it's—it's it's like a progressive style metal, modern metal album. This, the, each song, there is so much going on in each song. Um, you know, we 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 talked on Shout Out Loudcast. We do our monthly album review crew. We did Hail to the King, and I love Hail to the King. But listening to these two albums, I kind of looked at it the way maybe a Metallica fan would look at the black album and say something like injustice for all, where both great albums, two completely different, where hail to the King is very mid tempo verse, chorus, verse, guitar, solo outro with this album. You have no idea what's going on with these songs. Sure. They're, they're, they're yep. all over the place. The intro thinks you think the song is going to be one way. Then all of a sudden the verse comes in. Then all of a sudden the chorus goes in a completely different direction. Then there's a breakdown that does something completely different. And I think that's what makes this album just extremely unique, like really, really adventurous and uh, just a, a, a thrill to listen to. It just, it doesn't get boring no matter how many times you listen to it for me, at least. Yeah, no, for sure. It's funny. I, um, <clears throat> I refer to this album affectionately as like the guitar hero days because yes. it was a period from like like 2005 to 2007 where I, I talked about this in an earlier episode when i was in high school i was very set in like my metal ways it was like older metallica albums older megadeth albums like some obscure death metal and stuff like that i didn't really like a lot of newer stuff very much i had heard like backcountry and things like that from Avenged sevenfold and i really liked it but i didn't really check them out and then this album came out my freshman year of college um, and I was working at GameStop and friends and I were playing guitar here and stuff like that. And Beast in the Harlot came on mm. some other stuff. And then I started checking them out um, and they were one of the at the time newer bands that really impressed me because I found a lot of sort of like metalcore and metal bands at the time. They just all sounded pretty similar to me. But this one, this one stood out. So, yeah, it was fun to go back. I haven't listened to this album 
if I'm being honest, I probably haven't listened to this album in at least like seven or eight years. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was it was fun to go back to, and this it's kind of similar to what happened to me when we did uh, "Scream and Fire" by Bullet for My Valentine. Kind of a mm-hmm. similar feel of going back to a, an album that I listened to quite a bit when I was younger. But yeah, I'm excited to dive in today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, for me, I mean, my first exposure to Vengeance Fold, I remember it like almost clear as day was it was on MTV two. And it was the you know music video for Backcountry, and I'm in I think um, ninth grade, and I'm just sitting there on the edge of my bed. I'm just like, what the fuck is going on? Like, there's a guy. He's got like triple bass drums. They're all like in a crowded like like living room, and M Shadows just like crawling over, just like contorting his body and. It, what the fuck? And then they do Beast and the Harlot and just like the, you know, crappy ass, you know, CGI they do, like with the girl's face turns into a bat or a skull. <laughs> it's like, what is this stuff? And then I get out, I buy, you know, City of Evil. And I'm just like, okay, it's like, I'm, you know, I'm trying to, you know, be adventurous and try any music. I'm just like, yep, don't like this at all. <laughs> like, I like Backcountry, you know, the slower song, Seize the Day. Like, that's cool. But it just in Beast and Heart was like that's too heavy for me right now. Like I can't do it. <laughs> um, so like when the White Album comes out, I was like, okay, like this is like I liked that stuff. And then I went, you know, with City Evil that was out, I did go back to try and go to the back catalog to Waking the Falling and Sounding the Seventh, um, Sounding the Seventh Trumpet, I think. Trumpet. Yep. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, I liked you know the sing like the lead singles on Unholy Confessions, Chapter Four, but like it was. Nothing like I really could get into. Like the vocals were very choppy and raspy. It was like I, yeah, reminiscence is okay. Second heartbeat was cool, but it just wasn't. It didn't hit me yet because I just didn't really understand the vocals. I didn't have like a connection to that style of vocals just yet. Um, so really, it's like once M Shadow does like because of his vocals and the surgery he had, it's like you know you need to sing clean, and he develops like a grit in his voice. It's like this is where he just changed like his vocal style changed. And then it wasn't until, you know, nightmare where he did one song where he's screaming. It's like, Oh shit, he's back. Like, but it had been what, five, six years before he could do that. So, you know, I think, but you know, this album, you know, the white album was definitely one that it, it kind of like, it was a link between their old sound to their new sound. And I just remember playing this like on repeat in my truck going to and from school, just, it has had a lot of impact on me as like growing up and I'm 17, 18 years old. So I'm excited to kind of re-examine this one and see, you know, if it really stands the test of time. Um, so we, again, we mentioned, you know, this was the last one with the Rev on drums. May he rest in peace. Um, but let us venture into the album artwork like we always do. I mean, this one is a doozy <laughs> in terms of the, the complexity. The yeah, we, might complexity. Have to, we might have to do like a bonus episode on the album cover here. It's going to be a Ooh. long time. Yeah. yeah. Um. It is uh just a classic white background with the um. It's just literally white album. Death Battle and Center logo. It's pretty much almost like a reverse logo from Waking the Fallen. I, I will say, you know, it's funny looking at it by itself is one thing, but if you listen to it like on like streaming services, it has like the parental advisory sticker. It's like that actually kind of makes it look cooler. It's like why couldn't <laughs> that just be on the actual album? It's like this has the word fuck in it. So, yeah. It's pretty crazy looking at this album cover because you know it's it's you said it's kind of like the opposite of uh, 
would you say waking the fallen? Yeah. And then it's it's almost like like Hail to the King has like half half of the bat and it's black with the white bat. Yeah. But I think it's interesting that th- this album they change their sound, but this it's almost like we talk about album covers all the time when we do our album review crew and, and sometimes what bands are trying to convey. So you look at like the album cover of like City of Evil, like that was just like a completely like badass like imagery. You know oh yeah, I mean? like like it was what you know it was like it was a wild image. Yeah, like a warrior bending down with a sword off a of yeah, Steve. it was about to yeah, kill you. It was, like, it was like made made for a t shirt or made for a tattoo or whatever. But then they change their sound and they it's almost like okay we're gonna do like it's clean slate hair like it's white clean here's our logo it's Avenged Sevenfold like we're gonna maybe maybe reintroduce ourselves rebrand ourselves we're not gonna do anything crazy the album has no title you know it's self-titled so it's almost like their way of saying we're we're gonna reintroduce ourselves to you guys as this band now forget about those other albums this is what we are now yeah so i was doing some digging because i mentioned this in our bullet episode i remember i saw avenge sevenfold and i didn't realize how well these collide of um it was actually taste of chaos 2008 that I saw Avenged Sevenfold headline and Bullet opened for them. And oh, this wow. album came out months before that. And Scream Aim Fire came out that same year, too. So the tour that I saw them was when both of these albums came out. So that works out nicely. Lucky son of a bitch. It was awesome. <laughs> and spoiler, they opened with critical acclaim at the show that I saw them at. Ooh, uh, all right. It was good. Talk I was about pissed. That. I, was, I was pissed because when I saw Metallica on the Hardwired tour, if I recall correctly, there was certain legs of that tour where Avenged Sevenfold was going to open for them. Mm, that would have been awesome. I did not get it. I got Volbeat, who, sorry to your listeners, Volbeat is terrible. <laughs> I, I, I'm sorry. Uh, I don't know if you guys like them. Right, sorry. Pod, pod, podcast over now. Um, Tom's in front. <laughs> See you later, bud. I don't I'm think sorry. that's going to be a very controversial take. Uh, I I'm really just, don't think it is because I'm... I, I'm yeah, I, I don't I'm not a them. fan, and I was just like, "God damn it!" I can't. I could add Avenged Sevenfold because I think I think that was it. I mean, maybe your strongly worded email listener will correct me next week if I'm wrong, but we'll see. <laughs> I, I don't think there's. I mean, here's I actually can't even remember if I've seen Volbeat or not. They were. I think they were at a festival I was at. I'm wildly apathetic about Volbeat. Is yeah, pretty much look, how I feel about them. Look, Volbeat <laughs> is a very fun, unique. They are forging new paths in the metal community. <laughs> With their fusion of rockabilly and heavy metal, okay, that's a nice There's... way of saying that they're just not good. Uh, hello, <laughs> uh, Lola Montez fucking slaps front to back. Oh okay. god! All right, let's get back to a I fucking fold. love that song. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um. Well. Oh man. Yeah. So again, this is definitely gonna be a fun review. So without further ado, let us jump into the title track, critical acclaim.
right, uh, Tom, since you are a guest, what are your thoughts about the title track? All right, so the intro is great. I love the organ because you're like, what is happening here? Um, and then one thing I will say about Avenged Sevenfold, especially on this album, Nightmare, Hail to the King, they have a friggin' knack for intros to songs. Like, they're, they are gifted at that. Uh, and this one is no different. So you you hear the organs and then the song kind of breaks in and then it like it then it's just like a shotgun blast to your face you're just like what like there's so much going the double bass the guitar's just going off and then the vocals come in and like literally the third word of the song is motherfucker yeah like right there you know and you're like okay what 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 is happening here and then in between the verses m shadows goes on these like this friggin insane rant about like like the the nation and the population and the country and everything it's it's crazy that being said it's why i love avenge sevenfold there's so many different things going on on this song and to me all of it is awesome well um normally i'm the one that does all this shit and everyone just says yeah ditto same thoughts um yeah i mean yeah tom that, that is like my my thoughts exactly this the intro with the organ it's like it's not like the the dick kicker where it's like boom here we go yeah. it's like okay it's a slow organ it's like what the fuck am i getting myself into and it just dives right in which like you know it the guitars build up and then the like the drums that it rolls and it's like oh okay like this is you know take out that organ intro it's like we did that to kind of just tease you and mm-hmm. then i <clears throat> the song is definitely it, it's fun the just like the the squeals on the guitar the grit in his vocals and I, I mean i just i think for over half the songs here the grit in his vocals is very it, it's very fun i think as a clean vocalist like it, it's very um pantera mm-hmm. with phil Anselmo. it's like you know it's just like he's singing but it's just got that <clears throat> in his voice like this is it's without him screaming it's just like i've got this mm, in my voice and i just I, I think it makes well and then you know we see you hear you know jimmy in the background doing the background vocals taking lead at time like it's just it's i like that that dichotomy i always love it when a, a song can have dual vocals like that mm-hmm. so i think it's a, a great great lead off track yeah um I agree. I think this this album, uh, this song is an awesome album o- album opener, and I think they definitely do have a knack for that. Um, I love the musicality of this song. I love the way it comes in. Uh, I think the chorus is really awesome. It's definitely one of their stronger songs. This is one of the songs that I heard that got me more into the band, and then seeing them live, this this is it's a great opener for a live show too. Um, so the song is definitely pretty high on my list. My only. And I always try to have like something to point out. The only criticism I have of critical acclaim, I personally don't love the like spoken word elements of this I, song. I agree. I think it's, it's it's comical quote, and I, I don't and I don't think it's supposed to be. Yes, and, I, and then I think that's the uh, to me. I'm like, it's like a political rant in the middle exactly. of a great song. Exactly. You know? yeah. yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. It yeah. always it it irritated me when I was 
fucking however old I was, 17 or 18, when this song came out, and it still yeah. irritates me because, <laughs> I mean, Avenged Sevenfold, there's a lot of showmanship, right? And like, we'll talk mm. about that. There's another song, which, you know, I think we all know what song it is. When we get to it, it's very showy. Like, there's there's a lot of, um, you know, narrative components and stuff to it. But that it just irritates me because it's also so long. It's such a long mm. segment both times it happens. Yes. Like, if you're going to have a little spoken interlude, whatever. But like you said, it's a rant in it, the middle a- of what's yeah. otherwise an awesome song. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. Take that shit out. Song yep. would be better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not. I, I agree with you. Yep. Well, Ryan, well, it sounds like to me that if you had, uh, it's almost like it would have been almost easy to take those shitty oh. parts out of the song. Is that God, right? God, I hate you, you so, so much. What a pro. <laughs> I, I try very hard. All right, next track, almost easy. my guy so i think almost easy is a very for lack of a better description a very avenge sevenfold song i think this is wow most people what a perfect song to be on this episode that's (laughs) it i'm done um to elaborate i think if you're to in my opinion if you're going to introduce somebody to avenge sevenfold if you just want an example of what this band sounds like i think this is probably one of the more accessible digestible tracks it's just it's quintessential avenge sevenfold i think it's pretty good um i think on this album it's it's pretty strong i don't i don't know if it necessarily dethrones some others but it's it's a great track but it's very like run of the mill this is the type of song avenge sevenfold comes out with that they're good at um and so i like it um but i think it for me it's it's I don't want to make the comparison necessarily to Ender Sandman, but it's kind of in that same vein of like, this is what this band sounds like. This is the kind of stuff that they do. Like, if you like them, this is this is what they do. So, yeah, I mean, I think it's a good example of the type of band they are. Tom, what are your thoughts, Mister? Okay, 
Yeah, I, I, I it's that's a that's ver that's a great way to put it, Orion. It's a, it's a great song. It's the first song that really was my kind of my gateway to Avenge Sevenfold. Um, I, I love it. I still love it. It's it's very easily digestible if you're into this band, if you're into this style of music. Uh, again, like critical acclaim and like most of the songs on this album, uh, there's a lot going on. Uh, a, a lot of time signature changes, a lot of like progressive metal stylings in the, in this song, as 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 I mentioned, with pretty much the whole album. Uh, extremely melodic vocals at times, extremely melodic uh, chorus with a lot of hooks, incredible solos. I mean, it's what Avenged Sevenfold does, but you're right. This album to me is so strong and I've heard almost easy for so long that it's uh, we, we we use the term fatigue factor a lot when we're talking about Kiss on our show. There's some fatigue factor with it, but a lot of times the fatigue factor exists because the song is that good and you've heard it that many times. Love that. Um, but but it's a it's a, it's a great tune, of course. Yeah, I mean, again, this is just echoing what they both have said. The I think that the song front to back, it definitely just it definitely fires on all cylinders of what events unfold is was and it's trying to be for this album i mean it just opens boom right into the song there's no intro anymore and it just it, it definitely fits you know the the formula you know cur- uh, chorus or to me verse chorus verse chorus solo outro right and i think um sinister gate solo is pretty awesome on this on this track but it's definitely you know you definitely Oh, what is the Bench Sevenfold? Boom! Here's almost easy. It's like it's going to give you everything you need to know about the band, right up front. Great vocals, great guitar, great riff, very melodic. So, next track, it's not the Aussie scream, it's the Bench Sevenfold's scream. start this one Ooh. Uh, you know 
opening with critical acclaim, a slow intro, organ style, and boom, right in the the dick kicker of a song, <laughs> going right into almost easy after that. I I do like how the song opens with a scream, but that's pretty much the only thing I like about it. Ooh. It is a oh, it is a. This is my first my first gasp. There will be more. It's the word thrown around very often here on the Metal Oasis podcast. It's a very middling song for me. It's I, I don't skip it. You know, we, uh, Tom, we do have like the metric here on the Metal Oasis of do I skip it? If I'm in a short car ride, what am I going to? If I'm in a long car ride, do I skip it? You know, I, I don't skip it on a long car ride, but it's not my go-to for this one. Um, it's just, it's it's got its fun parts to it, but it just nothing really speaks to me about it. And it's just like scream, scream. It's like, whatever. I'd rather go to the next song. Tom, I'm going to let you take it next. Yeah. Okay. I, I, I'm, this is, a, this, this is, a, this is offensive. Um, because... <laughs> <laughs> he just signs that he just leaves. It's just offensive. <laughs> uh, because to me, scream is, I mean, I, I put this up there like in like borderline goat status for me when it comes to Avenged Sevenfold. Um, wow. First of all, the opening what the rev is doing with the drums in the opening if you if you kind of if you're paying attention to what he's doing there it's it's incredible but then it it this song it, it shifts so many times and then when it finally shifts into the bridge of the chorus that's what avenge sevenfold is so freaking good at they're 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 metal they're aggressive but then they can they they reel you in. The, the term hook exists for a reason. It hooks you in, and it, it and it gives you that earworm. It gives you that catchy chorus. I mean, at the, as the song progresses, he keeps saying "scream, scream, scream." I, I get that, uh, but to me, this is like everything is going right for me in this song with uh, with with them, including M, M Shadows' vocals. Just you're just wrong. I feel like I'm. I feel like my co-host. Well, is, you know yes, what? I I, I feel like my co-host possessed you. You're wrong. I, <laughs> Tom, I do stand corrected. I'm listening to it again. It's like I, I'm listening to the drums more and focus. Like, yeah, the it's not a standard beat. It's very, and, and that's a great thing about I think Avenged Sevenfold was having Jimmy. He was not a standard, you know, rock or metal drummer. He definitely put some different flair. Yeah, different time signatures, and it. it's like where the rest of the band's playing four four. He's playing five four. It's just like it's weird, right? But it's it is unique. I, hearing like the guitar work in the back now and it is a it is a good song it's a but you know it's still a middling song i agree with you but i got you you know for me it just doesn't have the it doesn't yeah grab i me mean like, the, th- like the, the thing the, the thing that i like this the thing i like about this song is like every 30 to 40 seconds there's something completely it's like it's like okay now it's this song wait now it's this song then you get to the bridge and the chorus now it's this song and I think that just what makes this album so unique is that a lot of the songs yeah. are like that. But yeah, Orion, go ahead, buddy. Oh, I'm 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 with you. I think we both had the same facial expression when Adam's like, I really like this song. We're both <laughs> like, what? And you know, as I prefaced near the beginning of this episode, this is the I think we just need to rename to the Adam is wrong podcast and <laughs> take it from there. Nice. Um, I love Scream. I think the song yeah. is a banger. It's so fun. Um, this is a song that, you know coming back and listen to the album again heard critical claim and i was like yeah it's a good song then he started on his rant and i was like ugh. and then almost easy comes on and i'm like yeah i mean everybody knows the song i kind of tuned out a little bit and then scream came back on and i was grinning the whole time i was like i forgot how fucking awesome this song is mm-hmm. um it's it's super fun 
I think the it's like super atmospheric. Like it, it kind of gives me the vibe of like um like almost like a summer like slasher movie kind of feel when mm, I listen to yeah. it. It's just, okay. It's cool. It's it's a very immersive song. It's you know it's right at that five minute ish mark sweet sweet spot for me. So it's a banger. Love this song. Mm. I definitely agree with Tom on this one. I All bet right. you like Ice Nine Kills too, don't you? Oh, I no. have not listened to them. I've seen them pop up a lot, like on the interwebs. Everybody talks about them. They just sound fucking dumb. That shouldn't. Well, no, I'm going to stick with that. They sound dumb. G- give it a shot. Give it a shot. I don't think I will. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Very pointed response. Nah. <laughs> yeah. Hard pass. Uh, that's all right, I'm here well, for. <laughs> all right. Well, let's uh, move on to the next track. Afterlife. Afterlife, I think this is very much the sister song to Almost Easy. Okay. Uh, you know, it's kind of, you know, the cool orchestral intro, but it follows the same path as Almost Easy. Like, it's it's got a nice hook. It's catchy. The guitars, the bass, the drum, like, it just, it all works so well together. And, I mean, I just remember seeing the music video for it and shit back in what senior year of high school and it was just a, a a good catchy song like i don't i think m shadow's vocals are very great because it's got that grit but he, i think it's, it's clean singing like chorus vocals are really uh on the spotlight here on this song and then it's got like that drop and I love like I love when songs have a drop. I mentioned that last week in the Metallica episode, just like cyanide. It's like when a song just like it's rising and it's like boom and just drops like with bass and drums. Like oh, that that gets me every fucking time. So, so I mean, I, I mean, good song, good song right here. Tom, you want to go next? Sure. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. Afterlife. It's. I love the string intro again. Kind of a weird thing, like critical acclaim with the organs. It's like, what are you doing here? Um. 
kicks into a really uh, another upbeat groove that kind of fools you into what you're going to get. And then the one, if I can kind of nitpick or not even nitpick, but kind of critique is I'm not a big fan of the vibe of this song during the verses, the way the, the guitars are like kind of what they're doing in the verses. Once they transition into the chorus, you know, like you said, Adam, like, M Shadow's vocals to me are just fantastic no matter what he does. But I think that th- this is an extremely like super melodic chorus that they have. And his 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 vocals, uh, his ability to harmonize really comes through here. Um, it's got a good solo. I mean, it, it's a good song. It's just it's just not maybe like the best song. I mean, I know, I know it's 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 a you know, it's popular, it's good, but it's it doesn't, it's not it's not great, put it that way. Okay. But, I mean, even, but 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 even a, to me, even a song on this album that I don't call great, it's still good because this album is fantastic. So yeah, it's better than any protest the hero song, obviously. Um. Oh, Anthony, just <laughs> I can't wait for that email. I can't wait for that email. Um, the song is this Afterlife is funny to me because this was like one of the the guilty pleasure songs I had when this album came out because like Avenged Sevenfold you know was a pretty popular time everybody loved this song i mean if you you know if you walked by hot topic it was probably playing and you walk into gamestop and it's probably playing um and you know you're sitting there in your metallica shirt like these fucking guys the song sucks and you're riding home and you're like you're playing it again <laughs> so i mean yep. it's it's this song, the first time i heard it i was just like well this is fucking really gimmicky um and then the guitar solo came on i was like eh, that's that pretty good um so i mean this song is nostalgic for me is it their mm-hmm. best no but it it you know has kind of a funny nostalgic i mean something we talked about earlier when we started recording is a lot of how you feel about a song is like when it came out what you were doing oh, totally. and so on Right. And so at the time I was, you know, starting community college, I spent a lot of time with headphones and walking around jamming the same shit, going into work and working after hours, jamming out to shit. And this was during the, the Guitar Hero days. So this song came up quite a bit. Um, and it was definitely one of the songs that kind of brought me a good smile when I listened to it again. So nice. it's pretty nostalgic for me. I don't think it's their best song, but it's 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 up there for me. I mean, it, it was a single and it definitely it, it checks every fucking corner and box of what a single should be. And I think that's where it kind of suffers. You know, it's I, I like the song, but I can say it's like it's not my favorite because it's 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 too cookie cutter for a song. So on to the next one. Orion, did you uh, know we were doing a podcast about Stephen King? Because <laughs> here comes the gunslinger. Jesus too long But with all that we've been through After all this time I'm coming on to you Never let it show The pain I've grown to know Cause with all these things we do it don't matter when I'm coming on I reach towards the sky I've said my goodbyes My heart's always with you now I won't question 
question why so many a time our prayers have made it through, yeah. Cause with all these things we do, it don't matter when I'm coming on to start us off if you are song sucks podcast over this is my turn yeah it's your turn song sucks podcast over no i'm just kidding um <laughs> gunslinger it, it's pretty cool i mean it, it it's kind of a cool track i don't know why i can never get into it i thought i'd get into it more now that i haven't listened to it in forever but i don't know why i've never been able to get into this track i like the second half a lot more than the first half i know it's kind of reels you in it, it also is also kind of atmospheric um I don't know why I can't get over. There's like this wall with me in this song where I can never. I want to like the song more than I do, but it, it it's kind of it, it is one of those middling tracks for me. So this, I don't necessarily dislike the song, but it would probably be a skip um, if I'm on a short ride. So it's all right. I feel pretty indifferent about it. Gotcha. Tom, what are your thoughts, bud? Uh, yeah, I love this song. Uh, Sorry, <laughs> no. I I th- I think the, the the one the intro is I love the intro. I because I'm like, wait, what what is going on? Here? Slide guitars, like country, like real mellow, soft vocals from M Shadows. I love that, but it goes on for too long. It's almost like a minute and a half, or like a minute. It's it's long. Yeah, yeah. It, it, he does. There's like multiple verses to the intro. I'm like, okay. But the thing I love about it is that they reel you in with this soft little Southern rock song. And then it's just like a sledgehammer to the head when he just rips out that, that howl where he just screams. Yeah. And then the drums come in and just bang, the guitar comes in and just bangs. And it's, it just turns into like a really slow plotting, like just like aggressive rocker. And then as Avenged Sevenfold knows how to do super melodic chorus like just fantastic chorus. I like the breakdown. Zeus and I say this a lot on shout out loudcast. It's a f- great song. It's just not a great Avenged sevenfold song, if that makes sense, hmm. but I love it. No, Adam's taking a deep breath before he jumps in on this one. So Tom, yeah, you, you had me. <laughs> I had you in hello. <laughs> and then you said it was a good song. It's not a good Avenged sevenfold. A, a good Avenged Sevenfold song. That's where you're wrong. I think this but see, song. But l- 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 I don't mean to cut you off, but no, go ahead. it's a phrase that Zeus and I use a lot. And, I know. And it's kind of, we just, of course, it's a good Avenged Sevenfold song. What I mean by that, it's not, it's not your, it's not what you expect from them, I guess is yes. what I mean. Well, so I think. I totally you know, agree. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, coming off of 
City of Evil, right? Mm-hmm. Four tracks in, it's like, oh, here's like another Seize the Day-esque type song. It's got that slow intro, and it's not just like, it's not Critical Claim or Afterlife, where it's got that soft intro where it's 10 seconds, and it kicks right in. It's like, oh, it's a minute, minute and a half, like you said. But then he's like, and you're right, it is a sledgehammer to the face of when it kicks in, and with that, yeah, it's like, I think, you know, is there any vocal assistance or, you know, tweaking in the mix and the recording? I don't know. I don't think so. But if there's not, this is a M Shadows vocal showcase. Agreed. I think yes. with his, yes. to be able to do the soft vocals, to do that, yeah. And just the, that verse way, he's almost, uh, you know, to change the rasp into that nice, powerful, clean. And it, it bleeds right into that nice, smooth, like silky chorus. And I think the solo from Sinister Gates is top notch. Like it's yeah. not blistering speed. It's just, it is the perfect solo for the song. It fits the song very well. Um, I love this song. I'd never skip it. It's me, ne- me neither. I think nope. it's sorry, boys. It's okay. No apology. No, uh, never apologize. Never. Well, I'll, I'll apologize okay to you. To, never to Adam. Yeah, I will flip off Orion every time. <laughs> no, but I think like this also, I think, again, we always talk about placement within albums. This is a mm. great placed song because yes. it's it's coming off I mean, pretty much three heavy songs. I mean, they're all heavy in their own unique way. Granted, two singles, but this one's, a, 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 I think, a solid track. I'd love to see it played live. Um like I said, guitar. I mean, everyone's firing all cylinders on this song. So, well, um, Orion, loosen the shackles around your ankles so I can unbound you for this wild ride. God, I, God, that's he's every he's time tr- he's trying. <laughs> he's so trying. I'm, I'm, I'm knocking it out of the park, baby. <laughs> Tom, you want to lead us off on this next track? Unbound. The Wild Ride. 
this song is a clinic by M Shadows vocally here. Uh, this is this is absolute. This song blew me away the first time I heard it. Um, starts off with an incredible groove. You're you're really switching gears from Gunslinger, and then they do something that that only they can pull off, or in my book, they can pull off. There's there's pianos in the background during that that the verse, but then M Shadows, he's so goddamn good. At, he's such a great singer that when he is wailing those high notes, you are buying what he's selling vocally. I mean, there, there's, he is the energy that he is putting in that, the emotion that he is putting into his vocals here. And then just when you're really enjoying this song, this thing takes the most abrupt time change left turn into almost like another song. And to me, that's where the song almost gives me goosebumps where M shadow, his vocals are incredible. All of a sudden, a choir kind of joins in in the back, and then the song just kind of slows down and just kind of fades with a little bit of like musicality coming kind of coming out of the end of it. And it's just, I think this is a really unique and interesting song, and I think it's one of I, I say this a lot, but I think it's one of the things that really sticks out for Avenged Sevenfold for me. I, I'm gonna just stop hosting this podcast now because <laughs> I don't know why I invite guests on to steal the fucking words out of my mouth. <laughs> Um, that's, I mean, yep. <laughs> yep. I concur. Um, that was solid. Like, it's definitely, I think this is the first, I mean, outside of the gunslinger where we're really seeing the stretch of creativity for the album, yeah. um, which is, you know, where it is very, you know, progressive and experimental as we'll see in the later tracks, but, I think really here in the middle, you're seeing, you know, that country style twang with Gunslinger with this one. It, it you know, it starts out. It's like, oh, we're back to Avenged Sevenfold. Let's get it at it, baby. Pitter patter. And that last third, it slows down to like that stomping groove. And then it just really slows down where you got, you know, just like a, I don't know who the female vocals are, but it's his uh, wife, apparently. Or it's M Shadow's wife. Yeah, is it? Mm-hmm. Um no so, I mean, just apparently you know, it, I was doing wow. some digging because I actually want it's uh Valerie, who is apparently the sister of Sinister Gates. Or is mm-hmm. M Shadows the singer? Which one's the singer? I forgot. M Shadows. M-, M Shadows. Okay, so it is his wife. It's Sinister Gates' sister, is who he's married to, and she apparently does the ah, guest vocals on the song. Keeping it in the family. Nice. Very much yeah. so. Yeah, it says so backing vo- it says backing vocals by Xander Aeroff and Anne Marie Rizzo. Oh, well then maybe it was a lie that I found. No, no, no. Maybe they name it. Maybe they didn't. Maybe their names I'm pretty sure Sinister Gates isn't his real name, so <laughs> that's actually but you said it was that's Orion's said it was, son's name. It's oh it's uh his son's name is Orion Sinister Gates Numbnuts. So. <laughs> yep. Yep. Nailed it. Um <laughs> but yeah, I mean this song Unbound, like this is definitely it's a sleeper track, I think. Yeah, you know, deep cut. Uh, it is definitely a deep cut. It doesn't, you know, if you make it a minute in, it's like, okay, it's, it's kind of middling. Like, oh, it's it's typical event sevenfold. There's no real hook because I think it's the musicality would just like it's just like it's not blast beats, but it's you know the rev all over the place on the drums. You've got M Shadows just speaking a ton of words you got the guitar and bass just doing their own thing it's like it's it's you know 
organized chaos of a song. And I think you have to be a metal fan to appreciate it, which is why I think it's a sleeper. So, I mean, I think what Avenged Sevenfold can do really well is being kind of like an experimental, almost like storytelling band when they lean into kind of like a narrative feel like when I, you know, when you listen to Unbound, there's a lot going on with like piano work and cleans and guest vocals and all this stuff. It's very theatrical. Like a lot of the songs could be very theatrical. And I think when they just say fuck it and lean into it and do that kind of stuff, it's awesome. And I think this is a great representation of that. Like I think, you know, regardless, I know Event Sevenfold can be sometimes kind of a polarizing band, but like there's no arguing that they're very musically talented. And there's a big difference between just making you know, a really technical, heavy, fast song that shows that they're really good and then putting together something like this that's really unique and theatrical and just fun. And so I like this one. This is another one of those songs that I hadn't heard in a while that I was like, that's a cool tune. I dig it. Um, yeah, I like Unbound a lot. It's it's a cool song. It goes in a lot of different directions, but I, I think it's really cool. I don't know if I love the guest vocal closer is the only part of the song that I don't mm-hmm personally love but i do mm-hmm. like the rest of the song a lot mm-hmm. i think i think it brings a surprise element to the sure because I mean, when you're halfway through this like again like when you're halfway through the song it definitely it's the song is changing it's not what it was in the beginning so i think when you go into those you know operatic orchestral type of vocals and song like the, mm-hmm. I mean, what you're listening to at 3 30 and four minutes is entirely different than what you were listening to at 1 30 and exactly minute, yep. you know yep and it's a sleeper but i think it's good but i do think around you're right it's a very theatrical song like it's definitely just has mm-hmm. a ton of moving parts so on that note orion are you ready for your mixture of morphine and cocaine well i mean that's how we record every episode so oh sure <laughs> <laughs> got the shed wine dude <laughs> uh bring out shmee baby um next song brompton cocktail
can jump in on this one if you want. Go ahead, pumpkin. <laughs> so I love the tone of the guitar, especially the beginning of this. It's very heavy, very chunky. I also love the very like eerie intro <laughs> mm-hmm. to get really nerdy. It sounds like getting into a level of Diablo or something. <laughs> it sounds like really <laughs> eerie and shit. It's cool. I like it a lot. Um, I love how heavy the song is. And I, I mean, in terms of like the sound of the guitar, the chug a lug of it, my only criticism of the song, the part of the song that frustrates me is how over um, like, I don't know. I don't think produced is the right word, but they put a very heavy effect on his vocals yep. for really long segments of the song. And I, I think it's a disservice to his vocal style and the type of song it is. I think if you would just let his like regular gritty vocals come through, it would have sounded a lot better. So that takes a pretty big hit to the song for me, but overall it's still cool. It's heavy. I just hate what they did to his vocals for a pretty decent chunk of the song. Yeah, I would be curious to see what the song what the song sounds like live. Um I I love this song. I think it's you know, it, it's not Avenged Sevenfold in the classic sense of what we know up to this point. Um I do like that weird eerie intro and I, I just love also too, it's like it drops right in and you get the, the the guitar slides like doom and it just it's right back in the classic event sevenfold style uh i i do 100 percent agree with you orion like you know it's like the chorus of, it's almost on like the chorus they they have like a chorus effect on his vocals all throughout this song and i don't understand why because i would imagine like he could have a really good this song would be grittier if it had the same grit that it had in like critical acclaim were almost easy. Mm. Um, but just overall, like the flow of the song, like it's just, it's got a good punch all throughout. Um, and he does like a really soft chorus where he's not really stretching his voice too much. Mm-hmm. Um, but then he just flips a switch and then he really, just lets it ride again. This, I think, is another sleeper. I think this middle of the album, Gunslinger, Unbound, and Brompton Cocktail, are just, I think they really hit it out of the park in the front of the album. And like, these are all like, these are songs for us, right? Yep. Here are songs for the fans to keep them tied over, but here's what we want to write for ourselves. And they're solid tracks. And Big I, change. I do, you know, and I have no idea what the fuck Brompton cocktail means other than it's a mixture of drugs, but cool. All right. Whatever. Um, yeah, I'm grateful to Avenge Sevenfold for learning what the hell Brompton. Co- I literally never heard this term in my entire life until I saw this album. And I looked, I, I of course, I had to look it up and it's. it was an, uh, an elixir meant for use as a pain suppressant. It was made with heroin, cocaine and alcohol. And it was given to terminally ill individuals, usually cancer patients. It's now considered obsolete. And it it got its name from the Royal Brompton Hospital in London, England, where it was standardized in the 1920s. There's your history history lesson. But that being said, I I love the creepy intro. I love, like you said, Ryan, the aggressive chugging guitars. And then again, what they do, they peel back. There's There's some strings. 
M Shadows here again. He is incredibly. So if you the, the lyrics to the song, the, the song is incredibly, I mean, sad and depressing. If you listen to the words, it's about a person like begging to 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 be to be put out of their pain and misery and to die. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and he conveys such an energy of of helplessness and pain that, you know, when he's saying, you know, I'm dying like you like it's you believe that like he's putting so much effort and so much passion into what into the way that he's singing, which I think is important for a song like this. It, 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 it You know, the content of the song is is that and he's conveying that so well. Uh, but that being said, musically, it, it's a killer track. Adam, you said it. You said it great. The middle of this album is for like the diehards, um, and and I think this song is great. Yeah, d- yeah. During during the um, during the, that chorus, there there are obviously some effects going on. That's kind of weird. Um, but th- but that being said, I I think it's fantastic. But I mean, I think too, this album it does have a lot. Um, I'd be curious to go back and see them re-examine this album like they did with uh nightmare yeah um because the first four tracks i think it's i think it's just straightforward m shadows vocals but the past three songs there's effects put on i'm like and then a big effect on the next one coming up but it's just like is it just artistic creative you know like like takes them doing it's like, hey, let me just see what I can do with this effect on my voice. I like it. It sounds cool. Or is he, you know, trying to make up for something lacking because of what happened with the last album, you know? Right. Is he not able to hit a certain note? Is he not able to shape his vocal cords the way he wants to or or something like that? I, I, don't, I don't know. But I just think that, you know, I, he, he does a good job on this song um, and – it's just a great song. I think it's it's a lot of fun, and it definitely when you go back and actually listen to the lyrics and what he's saying, it, it's kind of it's creepy as fuck, and yeah, it, it's very avenged sevenfold. I'd be very very curious if there was any like real life inspiration or connection to them as a band about mm. this. You yeah. know, I know um, all all the songwriting credits are to the band, but I mean, knowing what we know about Jimmy, you know, was this. Yeah, like um, if you look in hindsight, like was this a preemptive cry? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, hate to say it like that, but could it have been? And it's just, it's, it's a fair question. Yeah. So, well, um, hey Orion, remember that really cool show back in the early two thousands? <laughs> this is on ABC. This is one of your weaker attempts. <laughs> it is. It is. <laughs> You're losing gas. I can see it. <laughs> Oh, you just wait. I got better ones coming. All right, next, (laughs) next stretch. Lost.
Oh, Ryan, you start us off on this one. Why am I okay? I'm, um, I'm just curious. I'm curious as to what your take is on this track. Uh-oh. All right. Here's the thing for this song. Here it comes. The song pisses me off because I knew it. I fucking knew it. I, I love I love the gallop in the song. Absolutely love it. Absolutely love the dueling guitar work. Absolutely love like the tone, the pace. It's fun. It's I'm I'm a sucker for like kind of quicker, gallopy, thrashy songs. Why the fuck is he auto-tuned in the song? Right? What a what a waste. The song would have been the song would have been like top tier. And then he's fucking auto-tuned. And it just totally rips me right out of the song whenever I hear that piece. Oh, it's so irritating. The song vexes me. Um, um yeah. Tom, I apologize. I, I asked Ryan to go first because I absolutely knew exactly what he was gonna say about this track. And I disagree. I fucking love it. Ugh. I mean it's... um no, I will say the the intro is probably one of the cooler intros um out there. Love you it. know, it's the just that you don't really hear it very often. Tons and tons of bands have two guitars, but you never actually hear two guitars like where they're playing off one another. And like this, I can in the kind of the weird thing is that being that um, Sinister is right-handed and Zachy Vengeance is left-handed. Like I can actually just see them like dueling off against one another, like one another, like pointing the next of their guitars at each other and like playing the intro and like they play the one piece and then they hold that note and they throw it to the other guitar player and like it's like a duel and i think it's it's just that's pretty fucking cool you don't really you just don't see it very often and in music nowadays um and i mean you're right i mean just the once the music actually kicks in like it's a very you know just fast forward thrashy song um i i will say the very first time i heard it like the share bot you know auto-tuned vocals oh. yeah uh, that's what they went that share song i believe first came out in the 90s like they call it like the share bot because that's when auto-tune was first really introduced but again i don't know why they introduced they is this is he not feeling confident in his vocals or what because it's also the mid 2000s right it's like a yeah. big thing at this time but it's not a single like that's the weird thing yeah. it's like it wasn't being released as a single it's literally you know in the back in the back corner of the album so why would you do that i, I don't understand personally fucking love it yeah i think it's 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 catchy i mean it's auto-tune it's gonna be catchy um i, I think though i think it i think it detracts from the song like you said by being auto-tuned, I think again, if he would lay into the grit of his vocals, I think it would be awesome. Um but yeah, I just I think the biggest takeaway from this is definitely that intro. It's probably the probably probably the coolest part of the song. Tom, what are your thoughts? Yeah, the intro, love it. <clears throat> the, the 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 harmony there with the guitars is just off the off the charts with these two guys. Uh and this is probably the only song on the entire album where really it 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 kind of ends the way it starts there's not like we talked about how a lot of the other songs have a lot of moving parts and a lot of time signature changes and stuff this really doesn't have that um it's just balls to the wall pedal to the metal which is incredible uh 
M Shadow's vocals to me is just in, like otherworldly on this song until they get to that inexplicable auto tune. And it's even worse at the end of the song because the, the, at the when you first hear it, like, is that auto tune? I think that's auto tune. Yeah, that sounds like shit. And then at the end, <laughs> then at the end, there's a, when he does in the chorus again, where he says, "We've all been lost." I'm like, okay, that 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 that's, not, that's like T Pain is doing a song with Avenged Sevenfold now. Like, what what is what is happening here? I don't I don't I don't get it at all. But the song is great. It's super melodic, super aggressive. I mean, it's 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 got everything you want, but it, it really is inexplicable. The auto tune. I mean, it, it really it caught me off guard when I was listening to this. I'm like, wait, what is happening here? This is bizarre. Yeah, it's super strange. Yeah, and not uh, in a good way. No, in a bad way. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Good name drop though by T Pain. Hell yeah, the king of the auto tune, baby. That's right, dude. He's in a, a total, total side note. He's an incredible singer, actually. Is he really? He's All a phenomenal was... singer. Okay. That's what, there was like this big thing because he was, I think it was like a bookstore or something like that. It was yep. just like a, yep. somebody was playing keyboards and he just starts belting. And people are like, you have like an incredible voice. You can really sing like yeah. really, really <laughs> well. But 03, everyone's like auto-tune or bust, baby. Yep. yep. Then, oh, man. Yeah. It's wild. And, and I'm wondering, too, because this was 07, but I just get there. Like, I, know, I know what the fuck. Um. A, like, there's a band called Abandon All Ships, right? Like they have their, they've got a clean singer and a harsh vocalist. Their clean singer, he's the bass player, just auto tuned to eleven. Like, I bet he sounds just awful as a clean singer without any help. But there is a genre of metal that is all about, you know, auto tuned, clean vocals, and those harsh vocals for the, you know, harsh verse vocals, auto tuned to hell chorus vocals like there is a genre for that but i don't know why in this song for avenge sevenfold at this time in 2007 why the fuck they're doing that like that's yeah it's really that's weird. just the we- it's like i personally like it like cool i love it it's you know it's a different facet of the song it, it brings a new element to the song but i just don't know why it's there when the rest of the song it's he's not really doing that heavy of it i mean did the engineer just like go whoops on the dial it's like ah fuck it I'm trying to get this pressed tomorrow. Let's leave it in. So who knows? But nonetheless, I mean, it's a, I think it's a great song. I think musically, it's a solid song. Yeah. And vocally before the auto-tune vocals, like it's take that out, put that grit back in. It'd be a great song. It, it would ten. be the difference yep. between an awesome song. And unfortunately for me, it's something I can't get past. Right. Mm-hmm. Like I think, I think, Avenged Sevenfold, as I said before, like they, they did a lot of experimental stuff. They do a lot of theatrical stuff. And some of that really, really pays off. And some of it just feels like just doing something for the sake of doing it. And yeah. the auto-tune, auto-tune vocals on this just completely kill the song for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's just me. All right. Well, we are heading toward the end of the album now. So, Ryan, why don't you lift up your skirt and show us a little piece of that heaven. I hate you so much. The story begins Is it so 
Tom, do you want to kick us off this time? Sure. So the doozy. Sucks. So why don't you? Why don't you do? It? Why don't you start us off? Yeah, stretch, stretch before this one. Whenever you're ready, Tom, go ahead, take it away. All right, little piece of heaven. So eight minutes of what the fuck is happening here? Um. <laughs> wow. I, I know. I know. We've been kind of holding our breath to get to this song on the track here. Uh, when I first heard this, I was like, they're not doing a musical are they I, they are aren't they they're, they're doing like sweeney todd right now or something like what, what, what is happening here I, orion you just said it earlier trying stuff for the sake of trying stuff I, i'm gonna give them credit this is a ballsy move for a band that is still on its way up in their career okay yeah. Yeah. um there are parts of this song Segments of this song that I think are really cool and and melodic and catchy and well written. The Broadway musical parts of this, uh, I it it lose. I don't get it. I I I don't know what they're trying to do. It's not metal, and I don't want to sound like one of those people. Oh, it's not metal. It just it's not. So I don't know what they're going for unless they were just trying to be like, hey, guess what? We're gonna do a friggin' musical for eight minutes. You're gonna friggin' listen to it because it's on the album. I don't know. That being said, listening to this album as many times as I did, you know, in preparation for this episode, I, I just I found myself kind of like I'm like, I think I'm enjoying this now. I, I think it's like the Stockholm syndrome where I'm I think I enjoy this thing. And I'm I like the little friggin clarinets and all the other weird shit that's going on here. But yeah, it's uh, 
it, it's it's a, it's a weird one. It's it's not it's not what you want from Avenged Sevenfold. Oh, Ryan, um, watch it. Ryan, you go next, buddy. Sure. The I was in the same boat when I heard this for the first time. I was just like, "What? What in the name of fuck is this? <laughs> like, what? What the hell is this?" Um, it and I listened to it a couple more times. It's same deal. Like, am I? Is this Sweeney Todd? Am I about to watch Nightmare Before Christmas? Like, what? What the yep. hell's about to happen here? And <laughs> I had such a love hate relationship with the song because it would come on and I'd be like, "All right, like, let me see what I can glean from this." And there'd be parts of the song that I'm like, "That's fucking awesome." And yeah. then other parts where I'm just like, what the hell is happening? But the more the more I listened to the song, I really started to appreciate it's just utter insanity. Yeah. It's, it's it's so much and it's so ridiculous and it's so over the top. But for me personally, this is one of those times where they went super theatrical and ridiculous and they just owned it. And I think they did a great job. So I actually really like this song, but it is it is not for everyone. And it is not a let me just throw up. This isn't a song that I'm like, hey, you know, I got to run to the gas station. Let me throw on this eight minute <laughs> Broadway metal extravaganza. That being said, I love this song. I I, pre- I I I respect what was they were doing with this in the sense of it's just there's no other way to look at it as far as I'm just being like, fuck it. This is what we like. like this is something we're going to make. That's just ridiculous. Um, They also played this as their encore when I saw them, which was interesting. no way it was. It was wow. their final song. And wow. they had a huge screen behind them with all sorts of crazy shit playing and whatnot so i'll talk about that before we get into the ranking i actually have the set list from when i saw them i was able to find it but um <laughs> yeah i like i like this song a lot it's weird but i really like it but you're right though real quick adam before you, i'm sorry to, but but no, I, I think go right ahead yeah. like you said if you're going to do something like this go all in lean yep. into it a hundred percent and they yep. did and that's yep. where i think they deserve credit but it so, is not for everyone. No. Oh, God, no. No. <laughs> yeah, I mean, both of you have said exactly my thoughts. Um, I think this is very much a song of them trying to channel their inner queen. Um, I know when Queen did A Night at the Opera, you know, they were able to record thousands of different sounds off of Brian May's guitar where they're making you know, brass and um, woodwinds and different just noises and sounds to make like, if he's hitting, you know, the seventh fret on his you know D string, it's making the sound of a brass horn for that same note. Like, I feel like this is them trying to be a little more theatrical and just like, you know, fuck it. Like we've got, you know, let, let us be different. Try something different. Like, I think this is, this has the rev written all over it. Um, I love his again the dichotomy and the duality of him and M Shadows going back and forth with vocals on this. It sounds awesome. Back in my high school days, um, I was definitely an ass man, and my <laughs> girlfriend at the time had some thick old thighs, and I remember sitting in the park on her lap. Oh, no, sorry. Shut up. <laughs> I remember. I just remember like. Again, I had this album. I was playing it nonstop, pulling to the parking spot at, at high school and had my girlfriend in the car with me. And I was, and this is probably one of the first songs I really just stopped what I was doing and listened to the words. <laughs> and ever since then, it, it just fucking killed me when he says, 
because I always really knew that my little crime would be cold. That's why I got a heater for your thighs. <laughs> because he wants to basically have sex with a cold cadaver. <laughs> and it fucking killed me because I would always like grab her thighs. I was like, that's why I got a heater for your thighs. And she's like, what the fuck does that mean? I was like, I'm not going to tell you. Listen to the song. Uh, but I just, just that tongue in cheek about the song. It just, I, that right there's like, I think what solidified me for loving the song was just something so grotesque. Like, this wasn't Cannibal Corpse. Where they say rape the limbless cadaver. Like, I'm gonna get that from Cannibal Corpse. I'm not expecting that from Avenge Sevenfold, right? You know, of necrophilia. But here it's it so is. playful, but it's done in such a playful yeah. yeah. It's like, oh, your dead body's so cold. Let me just grab a heater here so it can warm you back up. I suppose to putting you in the microwave. Um one of but, the funniest things in this song, well, I don't know if it's supposed to be funny or not, is when he's he's singing in that Broadway thing, and then all of a sudden you just hear him go, "Come here, you fucking bitch!" <laughs> like, yes, I'm like, yeah, what? like it's just it's. <laughs> I, I think that I, mean, I, I think that them taking the risk, yeah, they knock it out of the park on this. Yeah, one. like it, it's not like it's again, it's a deep cut. It's for the fans, but what blows? I'd say it's me for away, them. I'd say it's for them. Well, it, it is. It's a little self-indulgent. Them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's self-indulgent, but it resonates with the fans. Yeah. And what's kind of sickening is here it is, September 8th, 2022, on Spotify. This is the second highest track with the most plays behind Afterlife. Afterlife has 169 million plays. This song at Eight minutes, eight minutes has a hundred and thirty-seven million plays. Right, that's bonkers. Take out the last track, which is entirely different from the whole album. The next closest is almost easy. No, dear God, I'm taking that out because it's not. Oh, apologies. Avenged Sevenfold. Yeah, eighty-eight million spins. You're telling me that they have 50 million more plays for this weird fucking song, this Broadway musical. That's yeah, nuts. I, I bet you it's those fucking theater kids. That's what it did this. Honestly. It's all the theater nerds. Always. But, you know, this, it's. I like there's it. anything wrong with theater kids. Sorry. I don't mean to offend your vast array of theater audience. <laughs> I think it was just you, Tom. Okay. Thank fuck him then. <laughs> Fuck, that's fine. No, no, but I mean, this song, I think, you know, it's not a song for the masses. I think it was not meant to be. It was a self evident song, but it's just like Bohemian Rhapsody. This is Avenged Sevenfold yeah. Bohemian Rhapsody. I think that it's, it was for them. And it just resonated with the fans and it struck a chord. And it's like, fuck, play it. Like, it's, it's cool. It's all over the place. You know, I mean, lyrically, it's fucking weird. Um, but I, I love that aspect of it. I love the like threat, almost like the thrashy orchestral parts of it. You know, like even when you said Tom's like, come here, you fucking bitch. And it's like, <laughs> and it's like, oh, do you take this man in death for the rest of your unnatural life? I do. Do you take this woman to be in death for the rest of your unnatural life? I do. And I pronounce you, you know, and then we've got the female vocals come back in too. Like, I think that's great. It's almost like a meatloaf song. You know, it's just 
just when you think it would just be, you know, M Shadows and the Rev, it's like, boom, here comes female vocals. Like, it's just continually winding road. Like, it's awesome. And I, I think that's what makes it so great is that it just it keeps you on your toes. I think the clever thing about this song is the, is the tone of the song, the the upbeat, bouncy, like theater musical stylings. You forget what the hell they're singing about, and I and I think that's I think that's what makes it so unique is that it's not like this happy upbeat musical. It's talking about killing his girlfriend and then friggin' having sex with her, and it's like you you don't you're like you're, you're all listening to the song and bouncing around. It's like oh look at this da 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 da, and you're like wait a minute what did he just say? It's like and I, th- I think and I think that's the whole point of it is it's like. Yep. The, you know that just like kind of kind of just the the double edged sort of lyrically and musically the the two worlds don't go together at all yeah. and I think that's what makes it so fun. It's like why am I slightly aroused? <laughs> Necrophilia? That's a, that's a Son of a bitch! God damn you, <laughs> Avenge Sevenfold. Ah, uh, well, I think it's time for us to pray, pray our sin away after this enjoyment from the previous track, and let us pray to dear God. the final song on the album it is not what you expect from Avenged Sevenfold in any way shape or form but I am a sucker for a ballad I'm a sucker for a well written ballad I'm a sucker for M Shadow's voice and I'm an unashamed unembarrassed fan of this song I think it's great I think I think it's, I think it's a great song uh the, I think lyrically it's it's a really cool song. 
musically. It's unique. Uh, I know that Avenged Sevenfold had a relationship with uh, Big and Rich, the country band. So they kind of wanted to get into that. The slide guitars and all that stuff. They do it well. They do it well. And again, like we said this with Little Piece of Heaven, if you're going to do something, go all in. And and they do. And I think that's why they're a ballsy band. And I think that's why they're the, the band that they are. And uh, I think it's I think it's a really well put together country little twangy ballad. I like it a lot. Oh, Ryan, go ahead, buddy. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I definitely agree. I mean, I think for me, when it comes to holy the, shit, I know this doesn't happen often for <laughs> me, like ballad songs for me are super polarizing. Like it's either I, for lack of a better description, I either believe you or I don't. You know what I mean? Like yep. I either I, I feel that you're actually playing this because you feel something from it versus like, oh, we need we need that slow song, right? Like we need to have that emotional song that's thrown in the album. So yep. there are countless albums that have at least a couple of those types of songs and one might be amazing and the other one's like, yeah, you're just doing one of these because you need a well, slow song. Well, they already did that with A Little Piece of Heaven, that, that emotional song before. <laughs> that's <laughs> But um, for lack of a better description, I believe him when he's singing and like I feel like the emotionality of it and I feel like they really are you know putting their hearts on their sleeves with this song um I think it's really well done I think the vocals are really excellent it's a great song is it one of my like favorite ballad songs out there no but is it very good especially on this album yeah I think it's it's a great song for what it is mm-hmm. um I think they do a great job so I don't ha- I don't really have any negative critique on it. I mean, I wouldn't necessarily say it's one of my favorite songs, but it's great for what it is. So it's it's a good song. Mm-hmm. I was very surprised by your response, Orion. I was expecting you to literally trash this to oblivion, saying that the album ends on the worst of all fucking thuds. How could a metal band? whip out a country twang guitar and say, dear God. And no, because I mean, it's like, I I think I've said this in other things too, right? Like if you do it right and you're actually committed to it being that kind of song, I'm not going to hate the things I'll call out is like, for example, and I say this often, the forever and always song on bullet fucking hate that song. It's just a, a tacky ass, like, Oh, my heart's broken and I love you forever. And it's like, dude, you don't give a shit about this imaginary person. So like, <laughs> I don't believe you at all. So that's the thing. Like, placement wise, I don't think the album should end with this song, personally. Yeah, but I don't think it's a bad song. So my critique is pretty slim on this one. So for me, I've got I've got a lot to say about the song. I think that it is a very interesting track to close on considering that we open with critical acclaim almost easy scream afterlife right just four classic event sevenfold style songs and then you go into a barrage of self-indulgence and then you end on the self-indulgence of something of like in 2000 between 2000 and 2007 like I cannot think of any other song, and my listeners, correct me if I'm wrong, any other metal band doing something like this. Right? This is a country song through and through, and I, I just think it's bizarre. Um, 
Tom and Zeus always talk about albums ending on a thud. What a fucking thud that this song is. It's almost like you have an EP. You could go one through eight, Critical came through Lost, and have bonus tracks with, you know. God, I'd be pissed if the album ended on Lost. <laughs> well, but I'm saying, but you have a auto tune. Yeah, auto tune I mean, right, well, out. Let it end, well, let it end on a little piece of heaven, the eight minute, you know, epic. That makes yeah. sense. And then have bonus track at number 10, Dear God. Right? Like, I can I can see Little Piece of Heaven be in the ending track and let Dear God be a bonus track or something like that later released. Because it's def, it's not within anywhere near their style. I think the closest song would be what sees the day. Um, maybe fuck it, it's from the Waking the Fallen album, the one and part two, see tonight, part one and two, maybe, maybe. That's a big stretch to try and connect them. But the song within itself, musically, top fucking notch. I think the guitar work on this, I think shows the how the virtuosity of Sinister and Zacky Vengeance as guitar players to be able to play blistering solos, play these cool lead lines, write these cool riffs, but to break it down and play, just whip out an acoustic guitar and and put a nice twang on it, but it's emotional twang. And you've got someone playing a slide guitar on here as well. It really evokes um emotions of not hearts burst into fire by bullet from valentine this song reminds me really of lonely days by system of a down oh yeah that's a great song that's a that's a left field song this is a good choice right i i love that song i heard this song because lonely days came out came out two years prior this song really and i loved lonely days it gave me that you know on the road, the you know, the band on the road, you know, and I'm I'm missing my girl. Like, you know, I I think the the fact that within the metal community and the the issues people have with you know monotheism and Christianity and it's within itself, it's like you don't think of a metal band. You think most metal bands are atheists. Like, you know, I'm down with the devil, right? It, it just evokes that type of That's character about what, uh, the character of themselves. And then you have this band who one song prior is in love with necrophilia. And it's like, dear God, save my soul and love my, love my lady. It's like to see dear God as an album title track. It's just like, wow. Like that's, that's a big stretch. Like, you know, it's like, dear God, like, are you Christian? Are you, you know, are you going to, alienate fans by saying dear god like it's 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 a ballsy move and i think really the back half of this album is a ballsy move from them um think of it this way look at the look at the tight look at the name of the band the band the avenge sevenfold comes from the bible yeah that, yeah. that so so i mean so you and they've even they even tried to like yeah we're not a christian rock band like people see avenge sevenfold and they see the biblical language and yeah. you know little piece of heaven heaven dear god you're right i mean yeah I, well, it's I, like I, think... I was like, oh, it's like, oh, that's like it's not like, oh, I hired Lamb of God to come to your birthday party, <laughs> and they bump out with Redneck. It's like, oh shit! But you know, they saw Ben Simple with a cool title, but yeah, you know, I mean, <laughs> if you're looking at the last three tracks, oh, I'm lost. 
here's a little piece of heaven. And dear, dear God, God, it's like, lady, you were in for a wide and rude awakening. <laughs> yeah. Um, But what's cool is that I think the song, it gets very proggy as well. Mm-hmm. Halfway through, and it's like you have like a slide guitar solo. It's like, what the fuck's going on? And I, I love the outro of the song. I think it's a great send off. Um, and I, I think the biggest thing for me was too, I was also very conflicted and torn at the time of my life. Um, which I, I think plays back into the whole reason why we have the Metal Oasis podcast. It's like we review albums that have, you know, meaning in our life at certain times. And I was a graduating senior in high school and I did not know what the fuck to do with my life. And it's like, do I, you know, venture into a different state, go to a different school miles away from my girlfriend, or do I stay here with her? And it's like, and this song actually had a pretty big, you know, say in what I did with my life. And I ended up staying here because I wanted to be with her. Because I was fearful of being away from her. Um, Don't bitch broke my heart. But nonetheless, here we are. (laughs) Um, That's why you like Little Piece of Heaven. Yeah, exactly. I need a heater for her big fat thighs. Um, (laughs) But um, no, but I I just think that this is Dear God is a very controversial song. Is it a a bonus track that should have been that was incorrectly added or is it something that the band says fuck you this is us and we're going to venture into and explore every sound that we're into at the time you know maybe you know Sinister Gates is like I just want to play a slide guitar for the whole fucking album I'm like ah no you can't do the whole album but we'll give you two songs so you can mess around with it and they write this beautiful country song and I would you know there's a um there's a pop punk band called Carousel Kings, and they have a song that I would love to hear performed by a country artist. I think it'd be awesome, and I would love to hear, you know, um, like Josh Groban or Luke Bryan or you know other country artists like sing this song. I think it'd be you put this on the country charts, it'd be a fucking number one song. Yeah, oh, you know, yeah, absolutely. Yep. And you get you know fucking. Mike Portnoy up there and do the drums, do blast beats. That'd be fucking sick. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I just, but I, I think that to close the album, I think it's a very, this is a roller coaster of an album to go from a critical acclaim to dear God. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think that we have really had so far on our podcast an album with this types of highs and lows um, in terms or variety in songs. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's pretty cool. So I, I, you know, at the end of the day, I love this song. I think it's, it's not an event sevenfold song. I think it's just this song could probably, it stands up with the greats of songs, and it's just bizarre that this band, this metal band, wrote it. You know, mm-hmm. I would love, I'd love to see like covers of it and to see what the takes can go about it. But yeah, that's. A little long-winded, but uh, yeah, I think it's it's solid. It's 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 got its weaknesses, but they make up for it in other parts of it to make it strong. I'm team. It should have been a bonus track. That's just me. Um, <laughs> or you... earlier in the album, but yeah, it shouldn't have closed the album. 
Yeah, yeah. I like it, but it shouldn't have been the, it shouldn't have been the closer. That's how I feel. Yeah, yep. for sure. We're, so tangent. So no, it's and this is pretty cool. It's, it's only ten songs, ten song album. Pretty nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Seeing that the first four are kind of the straightforward songs. Um, uh, let's are y'all down like let's would you want to reorder the album and see? I mean, I think the only song I'd reorder is Dear God. <laughs> I think I'd throw Dear God in like I don't know, maybe after almost easy, or no, not after almost easy, maybe Gunslinger after almost easy, and then move um Dear God between Unbound and Brompton because they are kind of similar in terms of like pace and heaviness and stuff. Just something to break up similar songs in a row. So move Dear God between six and seven and let Peace Heaven be closer. Yeah, that's probably what I would do. Tom, what about you? Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, we, we took Zeus and I, we all, we, and Sonny, we, we, we talk about track listings a lot and how it can affect an album. Um, yeah, Dear God, I like it, but it shouldn't have ended. If honestly, I think you may have mentioned this, Adam. I think a little piece of heaven actually should have closed the album. Mm-hmm, that that yeah. eight minute, that eight minute kind of opus there should have closed it. Uh, Dear God probably should have been somewhere in the middle, kind of like a, a a little bit of a, a break. Um, you know, maybe put it after Afterlife or you know, in between Scream and Afterlife or something like that. But I think yeah. it should have been in the middle of the album. Yeah, that, that's that's about it. I think I think the album, I, I think the track listing's good. I mean, I know we had some problems with, with critical acclaim and the, the you know the, the the spoken word part, but I think the the it's a great intro type song. So I, I would leave that there. But yeah, yep. gotcha. No, I mean, I mean, actually, I agree with. I think Orion said it. I think that'd be perfect. Where you leave the first four as they are, and you go into like the, you know, them being more eclectic in their self indulgence with the gunslinger, unbound. Break up those three, put Dear God between Unbound and Brompton Cocktail. That's where you got because you, I mean, really, if you listen to the way they both start, you've got the thrashiness of Unbound. You get past that eerie intro of Brompton Cocktail. I think Dear God would lead right into Brompton Cocktail, you know? Mm-hmm. You know? Yep. And then, so I mean, I, Ryan, you nailed it right there. I think that'd be a perfect placement for this song just to, you know. Break it up. Yeah, just literally put Dear God in track seven and move the rest down and let it close with the opus of eight minutes, you know? Yep. Mm-hmm. So. That's how I'd do it. Yep. Um well before we just for for fun, before we jump into ranking, um, I just wanted to share the set list real quick, just to bring you guys back to two thousand eight. So oh, when I saw them, yeah. this is the set list when I saw them, if this is accurate, which I'm trying to remember fourteen years ago, but this sounds right. Um, it started with critical acclaim, then second heartbeat. Mm-hmm. Then Afterlife, Beast and the Harlot, Scream, Seize the Day, Bat Country, Almost Easy, Gunslinger, mm. Unholy Confessions, and then their encore was Little Piece of Heaven. What wow. is that's a solid set. That's now, granted, great. they only have what three albums at this point or whatever. Um, four, okay, four. Um, so you know, and it was very self-titled album heavy. Oh, yeah, which yeah. makes sense because that's the tour. I mean, this is. Months. Yeah, they're on tour for it. Yeah, this is five months after um the White Album came out. So, but yeah, that was the set list. What was tour was that? Taste was of it... Chaos, two thousand eight. So it was okay. I don't, it, Adam. Apparently, Atreyu was at the show, but I must have blacked out. I must have blacked them out of my mind. I, it's a running joke, Tom. I hate this band, Atreyu. They had like the oh. worst <laughs> first impression I ever had. Oh, I, yeah, I know them. They have a couple. They actually have a couple songs that I actually like. But and that's what I've heard. I just 
So yeah. for for just a quick background on that, I saw them open for Megadeth actually. So this all connects to each other. Hey, I had no idea back. who they were. Yeah, yeah. I had no idea who they were. Their banner came down. I was like, oh, I try you. Like never ending story. Like it's fucking rad. Like that'll be yep. cool. And I unfortunately saw them, I think when they were just getting started. So to give them, um, to be fair, like they were a brand new band. Yeah. The lead singer came out and he had the the full, you know, emo swoop, whatever. Not going to judge based on looks. Mm. First thing he does is say like, this song's for anybody who's ever lost anyone. And then he just let out like a, a wail and his voice cracked and they were all off key and they were really bad. And I, I felt bad. They actually have but, they actually have some decent stuff. I've heard uh, they, they have they, some bangers now. Yeah, they they went their 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 career is kind of um different. You know, they they had some stuff that's a lot a lot more melodic and like kind of I don't know, quote unquote radio friendly, I'd say. Yeah. Like if you ever heard the song like Becoming the Bull, mm-hmm. like that that's actually like I think it's actually kind of like a really kick ass song, but it's it's not but some of their earlier stuff, like they, they're kind of all over the place with their career, which that's OK. But yeah, exactly. And I think it's yeah. it's oh, this is one of those instances where I am 100 percent biased when it comes to them. Like, I know for a fact. Yeah, I've joked about this with Adam before. Like, he could play an Atreyu song that's actually good and I wouldn't know it's them. And I'd be like, oh, this is pretty good. And I'd be like, it's Atreyu. I'm like, nah, this song sucks. It sucks. Oh, I know. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm the same way with certain <laughs> bands like that. Yep. Oh, I hear you. Well, <clears throat> that was. The 10 tracks. Let's get into what we always do, ranking them. Tom, do you need a few minutes to rank them or you've been doing it has been going? Yeah, I can I can I can I can kind of bang it out. All right. Uh well, we always let our guests go first in terms of picking their worst, least favorite song. All right. So this album here, 10 songs. To me, no skips. Obviously, some songs are better than others. That's the nature of the beast with music. Um ah. I like it, but because it's an eight-minute musical, I'm I'm gonna put "Little Piece of Heaven" at the end. Holy shit! Yeah, just because it's just eight minutes. Very, very, unless it's unless the song is on "Injustice for All," an, an eight-minute song is gonna go near the bottom of any list. I like it, but something's gotta be last. So I'm gonna Makes put sense. that. Yeah, Makes I'm just gonna I'm gonna put that last. All right. Oh, we started that. So, it, "Little Piece of Heaven" is that your? I just came in. That's number that, ten for you. That's my number ten. Yeah. Okay. Am I doing my whole entire 10? Or are we no, no, well, I'm just waiting for a little princess. To okay. Next, so. Oh, sorry. Ap- apologies. Apologies. Uh, my number 10 is lost because the auto tune just kills the song for me. Mm. Number 10 is okay. lost. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, and cool your pitchforks, boys. Um, number 10 for me is scream. Ooh. Hold on. Wait a minute. That is I've I've I have done a lot of album reviews and I have had some I've heard some bad takes. This is a 10 song Avenged Sevenfold album and Scream is your least ranked. So that is what now, did I tell you, dude. Now, Tom, I will tell you this. Oh, no. don't try and backpedal. Commit you're to your backpedal. mistake. I, I, no, you're out. You're out. No, I'm going to say it now. I'm, I'm going to say it now. To I'm justify. throwing you I'm, off your own show. No, I'm going to justify <laughs> it. I'm saying it now to justify this. This album is a desert island album for me. Okay. But something has to be last. I got you. Something has to be last. I like Scream a lot, but something has to be last. So it, it's not that. It's not that. It's, that's a your opinion is wrong. How about that? There we go. That, that's I, the theme I, this makes of me the so Metal Oasis happy. Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it makes me so happy. All right. Oh, uh, so my, my number nine. I'm on. I'm on. I'm kind of on the same page here with Orion. I love Lost, but the auto tune kind of throws me for a loop. So I'm going to put that at nine. 
Okay. I love it. Yeah, I definitely agree. Yep. Um, for me, just because of like we like you mentioned, song fatigue. Almost easy is number nine for me, just because it's almost it's just kind of lost in the sea of other songs for me. Um, mm-hmm. it's a good one, but yeah, I've just heard it too many times, and it's just kind of forgettable for me at this point. So number nine is almost easy. Number nine for me is fatigue, afterlife. Oh, okay. Interesting choices so far. They're wrong, but interesting. Yeah, they're wrong. <laughs> it's fatigue. Okay. Uh, number eight for me. I love. I, again, I think I'll probably say this for every song. I love the album, but um, I love. I'm going to put it at number eight. I'm going to put "Dear God" at number eight. It's a great song, but it's. I don't know. It's one of those things. Like when I when I listen to "Avenge Sevenfold," it's. I don't know. It's it's kind of hard to explain. It's probably not what I want to hear from them, but I do love. It's a great song. Yeah, that's fair. Um, my number eight is Gunslinger. Wow, I just it's 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 a good song. I just I don't like I mentioned. I don't know why I have not been able to like. I don't know. It hasn't clicked for me. I don't know why. I feel like it should. Like on paper, it's a song I probably would like, but I don't know why it hasn't clicked for me. And maybe okay. maybe at some point it will. I wouldn't okay. say I dislike it. I dislike Lost. Fuck that song. Uh, but <laughs> but Gunslinger, I think I just I just need to I don't know acclimate. I guess. Mm, okay. So number eight for me is Orion's favorite song, Lost. Yeah, okay. I think we all are pretty close to agreement there. I was I was just yeah. <laughs> So I mean, low low on my list. I do like the song a lot, but I I think it's the the Sharebot auto tune vocals really kill it for me. So. Yeah. All right, Tom, um, number seven for you, bud. Number seven for me, great song, but too much spoken word. We talked about it. Putting critical acclaim at number seven. Okay. Yep. Urban. Uh, my number seven is Dear God. Um, my seven and eight are pretty close. I, I I think. I I don't know. I get into Dear God a little more than Gunslinger, but not by much. Um, I think it's still a good song. I don't think it should be the album closer. If this were a bonus track, I'd be like, oh, there's some, some good vocals. It's a good song. But mm. yeah. Gotcha. My number seven is Unbound, The Wild Ride. Mm. Okay. That is actually my number six. My, num- my number six is Brompton Cocktail. Um, cool track. I don't like the heavily condensed vocal effect or whatever they do not nearly as offensive as lost but it is annoying enough for me that it takes me out of it okay my number six is the closer dear god yeah mm-hmm. okay like some tom you're number five number five i'm gonna go with afterlife this is the top five for this album is probably interchangeable for the most part but okay um i'll put afterlife at five all right iran number five for me is unbound i think it's a cool song i like it gotcha my number five is almost easy yeah number four for you tom number four for me is going to be God, this is when it gets tough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, number four for me, I'm going to put Brompton Cocktail. Number four is Brompton Cocktail. All right. And for you, Ryan? 
Number four is critical acclaim for me. It would probably be in the top three if it weren't for that stupid, long spoken tangent in the middle of the song. But the rest of the song is banging. So, yeah. Yeah. All right. And the first on the episode, my number four, also critical acclaim. Nice. Mm. Tom, your number three? Number three, I'm going with The Gunslinger. All right. I can't even talk shit to you for saying the fatigue thing. Afterlife, number three for me. (laughs) I still like it. I've heard it a bunch of times. That's a great song. I still like it. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like you have not listened to Avenged Sevenfold as much as I have. Yeah, that is fair. Actually, yeah, that is a fair thing to say. I I like Avenged Sevenfold. They're not like in my list of regular listens, but I always enjoy them when I hear them. So I've probably heard this album less than both of you guys. And by that, I mean, I absolutely have heard this album less than both of you guys. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So actually, now we have another tie. My number three is also Gunslinger with Tom. Mm. So. My number two, almost easy. Mm. Yeah. Wow. Okay. That's the only, I think so far, that's the only area where you and I are in very different wavelengths, mm-hmm. but only because... I mean, it's still a good song, but yeah, I've just heard it too much. Um, for me, my number two is Little Piece of Heaven. I just like it. It's a lot, but mm-hmm. I don't know. I dig it. Oh, we got an agreement there. My number two is also Little Piece of Heaven. Nice. I think that it's just a, being that it's, even though it's eight minutes, I just think that it is a, it, it's per, it's a perfect song, you know, for what it is. So for what it is. And that's the caveat. <laughs> For what, what it is, I think for that it, what it is for on the album for the fact that they really are going out on a limb, but it works. You know, vocally the or the orchestral arrangement, even the lyrics, like it just it, it is an experiment that is done very well. So yeah, I think that if I want to put this on, if I'm driving in the grocery store and it's five minutes away, I'm gonna sit in the parking lot for three minutes. That's the song. <laughs> So, I don't know if I could commit to that, but I do love this song. All right. Well, that puts you and Tom with Scream at number one, then, which is, I'm so excited that not only do we, me and Orion, have this at number one, but Adam has it as his 10th. What what an amazing way to kind of wrap up this album review. Yeah. (laughs) Just to put Adam on notice as just being so wrong that your co host and guest have it at number one. I love it. I love it. This is not the first time this has happened, (laughs) but it's just indicative of the situation. I am so thrilled that Tom and I both have scream at number one. I almost feel like we both knew when Adam's like, oh, this song, we just looked at each other like this fucking guy. (laughs) Yep. This fucking idiot. Well, it reminded me it was close to now. Again, we're all Avenged Sevenfold fans. So when we did Hail to the King, Zeus really never even heard of them. Sonny knew them a little bit, but those guys could not stand planets like that they they absolutely loathed that song i think i had it at like two number i think i had it at number two in my rankings mm-hmm. and i'm like okay i'm like it's a little too aggressive for you guys you can't handle it. it's okay you can put it you can put it last but it's funny but they're not really avenged sevenfold guys anyways sunny is sure. kind of so well that puts my number one at brompton cocktail I didn't, I didn't get that feeling from you that that was like your favorite. Maybe I'm misremembering. Maybe you just kind of veiled your affection for that song. But no, I you know. just. It's a surprising number one. 
Yeah. Yeah. Great, so, uh, is, but... I always go through and rank every song I'm listening to it one out of ten or out mm-hmm. of ten. Yeah, and yeah. you know, I do like I put lost as six and a half out of ten. Like I'd like it, but it's not a seven, right? You know, Scream was a five out of ten. Like it's not awful, but it's a middle of the road song for me. And but everybody else was there was no ten out of ten. I mean, Brompton Cocktail was a nine out of ten for me, but all the songs I love all the songs on this album. I think they fit. I think the flow of the album is very strong. You know, I think that it's, you know, where Dear God places itself is, you know, conversation for another day. We've already talked about that. But I just think that the album flows well. And I don't mm-hmm. think that the, the, any song is weak at all. It's just which don't want to hear more of. And it's like, oh, well, I want to hear Gunslinger. Oh, shit. I missed almost easy. Oh, I go to unbound next. And it's like, I just jump around the album. Like it's just, I can pick any song of this album and be happy to listen to it. And mm-hmm. I I'd think, say that for nine of them for me. I, I just think Brompton <laughs> cocktail. It's just, it's, it's a sleeper and it's a great song. I, yeah. I didn't want to pick almost easy. Cause I can go to almost easy anytime, but just the way the song begins, just that driving punch and, just, it's a, I don't know. It's I, I just like song. the song. I just like it a lot. I think it's just it's it's a sleeper. I think that again, this is kind of what I like about doing these reviews is that you know we're not picking the singles. Granted, I've picked singles you know on Black Halo a lot because that's just what those songs are awesome. Course. But this is an album that is a lot to me, so I'm not going to pick almost easy. I'm not going to pick Afterlife, but I think that you know as musicians and songwriters like this is a solid song and it's you know i mean and y'all placed it you know i mean tom put it at four you put it middle of the pack at six like it's it's a good song so you can't you can't deny that i just think Mm -hmm. for me personally you know i would uh, i mean put the pick put the out like start the album at any point and i'll listen to it until it repeats again like it's just i just think it's that good of an album yeah, every time I listen to this album in my car, I would I never I always listen to it on shuffle because I always wanted to hear the songs in a different order because like you said, I love all of them. So I always just wanted to be surprised about what was going to be next. So every time I play this in my car, I was always on shuffle. Yeah. And and I was never disappointed. I'm like, "Oh, cool. I'm hearing Unbound now. Cool." You know, it's 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 a great album. Yeah. I mean, and I th- I mean, honestly, like looking back now, maybe Unbound might be my least favorite, but but then when I when I play it again, it's like, oh shit, I like that part of the song. Oh, that's why I put it at number seven. And like that's why I ranked yeah. it seven out of ten. You know, I just you know, I, I think of the albums that we've done so far. I mean, we've done you know, The Crusade, Screaming Fire, Fire of the Blades, Apex, Scattering of Ashes, Reroute to Remain, The Black Halo, and now this. It's like I, I mean, this is probably the only Desert Island album in I don't think it's I've had the, one yet. The Black Halo really wasn't for you. I don't know if it would be a desert. I mean, what probably for I, Chris. But... How many albums are do we get to take with us for this desert island that's all, experience? That's, so... that, that's always the question when everybody yeah. ever brings up the desert island. Just one, one, many can, how can oh, you this take is it? not it. Or Black Halo <laughs> would not be it. Probably be Justice for All. I mean, I don't know. No, it, no but I think. There. But again, I think it's like as we said earlier. This is a a time in my life um, where I'm 17, 18 years old. And I'm really just trying to figure out, like, what the fuck do I do in my life? And I think, like, as Tom, you know, stated and pointed out with in terms of the album art, it's like, this is a rebirth 
album. It's, you know, the black bat on white background versus the white bat on black with Waking the Fallen. Like, this was a rebirth for me. It's like, I need to figure out what the hell I'm going to do with my life. And, you know, this kind of, it, it stuck with me. And, like, every part, like, every song has some piece of me. And I think, like, doing my research the past month, like, when we, when I decided, like, I heard Tom did Hell of the King. I'm going to do the White Album. I'm going to ask him to come on. I was like, I've been listening to this album for a month. Nice. And I'll just play yep. it, you know, yep. and I'll play it through. And it's like, and it's like, it skips around. And I was like, nope, just, just play the game for me. Like, I just, I love this album. And people can mm-hmm. talk shit about how it sucks or whatever, but fuck you. I don't care. Um, like, it's just, I think. And then going into Nightmare after this um, was a great follow up. Mm-hmm. But it, I think really after, you know, the Rev died, it just, um, I kind of, I actually did not really get into Hell of the King. Um, I remember, you know, giving it a solid run through when it came out, but this was also three years later. Like I was, it's weird to think that between, you know, the White Album was 2007, Nightmare was 2010. So I was still like, in, I was still in community college. I was still like, one person but once i transferred to vcu like i just be, i just became a different person altogether and my my taste changed my life changed my responsibilities changed and like event somehow really wasn't doing it for me but i remember like mopping the floor at cracker barrel um <laughs> closing the kitchen one night and hearing handle the king and was just like what a banging ass song like who the fuck is this like oh it's event seven like so i went back and i gave it a run through once or twice and i was just like it, but then I just hear like this means war. I'm just like, oh yeah. And I was like, mm. that's kind of a dud. Yeah. And <laughs> like Shepherd of Fire, I'm just like ah. And it, it it just didn't have the same magic to me. And then I mm. tried listening to like their, you know, just sudden release for the stage, and was just like, what the fuck is this? And I never really gave. I just haven't given the intention that they. I just haven't given them attention since really since then. And I mean, we talked about this. I mean, Ryan talked about that with black halo with Camelot and um, it's just, we, we love these bands for what they put out at the time um, and what they mean to us at that time in our lives. And I just, I would like to go back and try and give them a second, a clean slate and listen to, Diamonds in the Rough. I didn't know what the fuck. I didn't know the fucking album, right? Mm-hmm. Because I just have not really listened to them at all. Um, so I just I think this is also a good thing for us as well to go back, give these, give the bands that we stopped listening to another second chance as well. But you know, being it with fresh eyes, ten years you know removed from a band, it's like oh, what 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 have they improved on? What have they changed on? So yeah, I mean is- that's that's the dichotomy with the especially these types of bands for me, like a, especially like a mid or early 2000s metal album and metal band because you have to separate your I loved this album when I was 17 and it sounded good then and I still like it now when the reality is like would a 2005 to 2007 sounding metal album work in 2022 and I think for a lot of people it wouldn't they would just be like what the fuck is this so I think it's really hard to separate your nostalgia from it versus like you, you hear i mean we're all guilty of this i mean i don't guilty but with some of my favorite bands it's like oh why don't you just sound like you did in whatever year and it's like yeah because mm-hmm. 
it's not that year now. Like <laughs> they're yep. not going to make you know that that album again. Um, but it's tough. I mean, and I think every band suffers from that. But it's interesting, not to get into a whole tangent, but I would argue that making an album that sounds like something from the mid '80s would be more approachable than something that was recorded that sounds like something from 2005. And I think right. that's what I think. Real, real quick, we'll wrap it up. I th- well, I think well, I think that was one of the things that they were trying to trying to do with Hail to the King that maybe kind of alienated people. And I kind of likened it to when Metallica did the Black album. Um, I love Hail to the King. It's sure as shit not the White album. Um, I, but the, like I said, the Black album is not Injustice for All. And sure, it's okay because I love them both. Yep. Um, so, so I think. Avenge Sevenfold with Hail to the King, I think they prove that they can be, you know, the meat and potatoes, you know, verse, chorus, verse, solo. They can do that. Mm-hmm. And then they proved on this that they can do a little piece of heaven in, in you know, Brompton cocktail. So I think that's why <laughs> I think that's why their career has been so great and successful is, you know, I do think that they may have tried to a little too hard with the with the stage. Um, but, you know, that's OK. A lot of people think a lot of other bands try too hard and that's okay like you said not not i don't want every band to be acdc where they record the exact same album for 30 years you know what i mean yeah that's okay for them for acdc so i hear you 100 yeah yeah definitely agree it's interesting it is interesting i'd like to see Mm -hmm. them again they put on a fun show yeah i've heard that and i've never had a chance to see them so but it'll happen it'll happen yep Yep. yeah i mean I've, i've never seen them live and i just you know i think too like and tom you make an excellent point i mean halo the king is their black album you know and it, the white album is kind of like Injustice for All. It's it's different. It's proggy. It's whereas in the Metallica catalog, I think Injustice for All fits right in line with the first three. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's but it's still different. Like it just you know it's different. Yep. And you know you can take Cliff aside from it, but just something about the album, even if Cliff was in it, it just seems different. And mm-hmm. but we know it because if he's gone, there's the the music, the musicianship and the the writing of the album is feeding from that loss. And this album, it, it's feeding from something. I just don't know what, I mean, it could it be feeding from, you know, M shadows with his vocals and just like trying to like, how do I still stay the singer of my band? You know? Yeah. So it's, it's, there's something like that. But then, whereas, I mean, what's is just kind of mind numbing looking here at streams, you have afterlife, at 169 million streams, Hail to the King is 405 million streams mm-hmm. for one fucking song. Yeah. More streams than the prob- than the album combined. Yeah. Probably. I mean, don't check my math, but I mean, it's, and you've got Shepherd of Fire with 156 million. Like, it's just, it's crazy that, you know, those two songs, but again, it's, it's got that, heavy metal hard rock influence you know coming from metallica so you know say what you want like oh well they copied sapa true fuck it so did kid rock and that song fucking rocked (laughs) but you know it's just you know give credit to where it's It's like those guys were gods and they're just trying to emulate them and write another kick-ass song which is just as good so if you don't like it fuck you who cares yep there you go so yeah i mean for me just to kind of finalize my yeah. thoughts. Yeah, final thoughts, buddy. Final thoughts. It, this is a great album. I, you know, I kind of have the, I wouldn't say advantage, but I have the the the, pers- the kind of unique perspective. I think of the three of us in that there's songs on this album that I have genuinely probably heard twice, including this time. 
like I know Unbound, Brompton Cocktail, Lost. If I'm not mistaken, I've probably heard those songs maybe twice total. Mm. Um, so for me, it's I'm getting almost like a you know initial reaction kind of thing. So this is half review, half reaction for me. So maybe mm. that has so I mean that's why I have such a knee jerk reaction to Lost because I just can't get over that that piece. And I went to go back and listen to it again. I'm just like ah, I can't like that. That mm. stuff just throws me. So I think this is a great album. Um, I think for especially the time that it came out, I think for that like mid early two th- well not even early but mid two thousands, I think this is a diamond in that time period. Um, I think it still holds up. I think it's a great album. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Absolutely, yeah. In fifteen, 15 from two thousand seven to two thousand twenty two, that the the, met, the 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 metal the metal community changed so much during that fifteen years. That it's unlike the unlike the eighties where there really I mean there was some change but from two thousand seven to two thousand twenty two for this album for me personally, in I think we all agree for it to still sound amazing in in two thousand twenty two I think speaks volumes yeah. about the quality of Avenge Sevenfold as a band and as the album as itself because I don't think there's many two thousand seven metal albums that you're gonna put on right now and be like this sounds fucking kick ass right now you're gonna be like ah this sounds like two thousand seven. So that, that, yeah, very valid point. That's, that's yeah. very true. Like I listened to it. I mean, literally the past month, I'm just like, it does it. It does not have that. It's not stamp. dated. It's not yeah, dated. It's not dated. Don't have that nope. stamp on it. So yeah, very yeah. So my, my, my final thoughts. I mean, I've said it several times. I just love this album. So desert desert island album for me. So it's great. I love it, and it definitely definitely opened the doors in my eyes to definitely experiment and find other bands that I may not have been, have been exposed to. So thank you. I've been simple, you know? Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. Well with that, let us move on to our last segment of the episode. The, this is music. Trying to can't find anything. Seriously, what is all this shit? I mean, what are you even looking for? Madonna, Blondie, Bowie, Beatles, music. We need music. This is music. So again, every week we try to showcase and share, you know, underground, unknown bands that you know may not be known to other people, or maybe I discovered it and I was sleeping under a rock for all these years. Um, but for me, my pick this week is actually it's actually a defunct band now um they released one album and their lead singer was the son of the mighty bruce dickinson austin dickinson yeah uh the band is called rise to remain and austin dickinson the lead singer just like his dad just great operatic vocals but could turn Looks it exactly on a, like him. <laughs> could turn it on a fucking dime into deep guttural vocals. And when I first found them in 2011, when the album City of Vultures was released, I was a big fan of vocalists that could do that to where they could, just like Stu Block, they could do the whole gambit, the deep guttural vocals, the black metal vocals, the shrieks, but then powerful, like just full body cleans. And I was like, the wait, the son from Iron Maiden, Th- that guy, that's who's singing. So they released one album. I, the band broke up, and then I think other guys tried to make another band with most of the same members, but it never came to anything. But 
De- definitely check out the album City of Vultures by Rise to Remain. It is a fucking awesome album. I mean, City of Vultures, Talking to Whispers, God Can Bleed, Power Through Fear, Nothing Left. I mean, Roads, Bridges Will Burn. I mean, literally the whole album, front to back, just fucking slaps. Front to back, bangers. So that's my pick. Rise to Remain, City of Vultures. I remember you showing me them back at VCU. Yes, it, they're fucking that. awesome. I wish they would have stayed together. I, I don't yeah. know why they didn't. So one album, one and done. Yeah, so. bummer, but yeah. Um, all right, so mine. Uh, <laughs> I'm going pretty much the opposite direction with a post black metal band <laughs> from Vienna. They're an Austrian band. This band is amazing. Uh, it's called Harakiri for the Sky because, of course, that's the name of a post black metal band. Um, <laughs> They have an album. I mean, they have a few albums, but they have an album called uh, it's like III colon trauma, just more better known as trauma. But more specifically, there's a song called The Traces We Leave. It's incredible. It's eight and a half minutes long, but it's this just phenomenal, super heavy, but also like really beautiful song. Highly recommend it. Um really really awesome song i think it's more digestible than most songs in kind of that like black metal sphere um but it's dope it's really really good cool all right all right the one i'm gonna go with uh adam kind of mentioned them briefly at the beginning of the episode and i was kind of shocked but that's okay i mean not that you guys don't know who they are you do but uh i'm going with times of grace and so oh look at adam (laughs) just wheeling all the way back yeah yeah so their first album, The Hymn of a Broken Man, blew my brain apart when that came out. Um, I like Kill Switch Engage, but like when 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 I first heard Strength and Numbers, I was like, what is like what is going on here? Like sonically, this band was just it was so unique in in the in the lyrics. Like metal bands don't sing about this stuff. And and hearing like the really clean and like emotional vocals mixed with just the guttural growl and like that that album was just shockingly amazing and then i thought like okay it was a one-off and then they put out um songs of loss and separation which i didn't comment at the time adam but i'm like you i ordered the white vinyl and i have it uh yeah so <laughs> that's why i purposely didn't say anything when you jumped in on that because i i have it myself uh, that awesome. album is fantastic. It is incredibly emotional. I mean, for God's sake, that the title of the album is Songs of Loss and Separation. But those guys really just are it, it, just a real shocking achievement. And the fact that they put two albums together 10 years apart, uh, really unique. It, you know, I, I, if people have not heard of, of Times and Times of Grace, especially that first album, The Hymn, Hymn of a Broken Man, is incredible stuff. Love that. Love it. Dude, what a fucking awesome call out and what a great I mean, you executed that to perfection. Adam is blown away. Yeah. He I mean, this is not a visual podcast, obviously, yeah. but Adam full rolled his chair back <laughs> several feet away from the camera yep. in excitement. Yep. Awesome. When, when you when you mentioned them at the beginning of the episode, I'm like, all right, I don't I don't want to sound like I'm ignoring him, but I don't want to say anything right now because I got to save this for the end. So nicely yeah. done. Well, Perfect I'm almost execution. in tears like that's. That is fucking awesome. Like I, yep. Wow, that. Mm, yeah, hit him right in the chest. That did. Have you heard the acoustic version of um, "Willing"? 
pal? I don't think I I don't think I have. But I mean, for that song itself is just off the right. just in, insane. But I don't yeah. know if I've heard the acoustic. I'll, of I'll it. message it to you. The, okay. There's an acoustic version of Willing. Okay. And it is it's literally just Adam and Jesse, one acoustic guitar, and it is. There's also there's a recorded version of it, but there is a live version of it, and it's it's fantastic. I remember getting this album, and it's, I mean, Willing, Live in Love, Hymn of a Broken Man, Hope Remains, Any Returning, like Worlds Apart, like mm. it's an incredible God, album. That, it's 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 a shockingly amazing album. Yeah, and I've I, I they they came close enough for me to see them when they were actually touring this, mm. but when Kill Switch was kind of in limbo, yep, for a second, yep, and. I could not get down there for work related reasons. And I was, I kicked myself because it would have mm. been such good. That's they played that album. And it's like, when you find a new band like that, where they're playing just an album, like, just an album, like that's like, yeah. like seeing Cinderella on night songs. Like, boom, yeah, like that'd been awesome. Like to see them play. Like, I love all these songs. And I grabbed it, the, I, I ended up grabbing the vinyl on, I found it on disc. Somebody on discogs had it, the hymn of a broken man. Cause I didn't get it at the time. At well, the time, I just I think I actually had the CD at the time. Um, I mean, and full I, disclosure, I think, no collusion between Tom and I. I oh, am no, 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 no. Oh, oh, no, no. Oh, no. I am blown yeah. away and surprised by that. All. I just, yep. you yep. know, I, I want to do actually that album as a review because that definitely, you know, is impactful for me as a, metal fan down yeah. the road and yeah. may have to get you back on for that one but bring yeah me, this bring me back i i don't honestly that when you brought it up i honestly think it was the first time i mean i'm i'm older than you so i'm not in the metal community you know i'm not with all the hip young kids you know what i mean so yeah uh, <laughs> hello so fellow I, youngsters <laughs> yeah right right i i like literally nobody that i know or nobody that I've talked to has ever mentioned this, the band. So it was, to me, it was like my little private thing. I'm like, this is, I like this band. Like I, uh, nobody that I know knows them. And then obviously I know you guys would have known, would have known them. But when you mentioned them at the beginning of the episode, I'm like, Oh shit. So that was cool. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, cue yeah. the gif up. Did we become best friends? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So much room for activities. Yeah. Love it. That's what I want to hear. That's what I like to hear. Excellent. Man. Excellent choice, Tom. I will definitely check it out. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, so awesome. Well, great picks, everybody. So again, this has been a lot of fun. We've been running long, but you know, we this just is a good one. Who cares when you're talking music? Who cares how long you go? That's yeah. right. So Doesn't very matter. good. So again, this is you know the Metal Oasis podcast, and I am definitely very appreciative of everybody out there that that has been listening to us and sharing us and giving us feedback and comments. Um, so you know, please just continue to follow us on all social media. You know, not a lot, but you know, our Facebook page, the Metal Oasis Facebook page, on Twitter at the Metal Oasis, and we do have our email address, themetaloasis at gmail.com. Again, that's themetaloasis at gmail.com. So send us your feedback. Let us know about your thoughts about this episode with Event Sevenfolds, the White Album. Let me know how wrong I am, as always. I definitely appreciate that, <clears throat> Anthony. Um, but everybody else, you know, please send us your feedback. I definitely want to hear it and let us know about your metal journey and you know, was Event Sevenfold part of that journey? Um Tom. You know, you are our guest from another podcast. Where can we find you to listen to your sultry voice and wit? 
Uh, so yeah, shout it out loudcast, uh, myself and my longtime friend of over 30 years, partner co-host. We are an all kiss podcast. We drop new kiss related episodes every Saturday. And as mentioned a few times during this episode, we do something called the album review crew where we're joined by our friend, Sonny, where we pick a non kiss album and spend a few hours talking about it. Like we did tonight with Avenged sevenfold. So you can check us out on our website, shoutoutloudcast.com, our email address, shoutoutloudcast at gmail.com, and we're on all social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. Uh, my co-host Zeus just created a Shout Out Loudcast TikTok page, because again, we're, we're trying to get with those hip young kids, so <laughs> maybe we'll be doing Snapchat soon, I don't know. But uh, we're out there, so please check us out. <laughs> even even if you don't, even if you're not a Kiss fan, we have a blast on our show. We talk about all kinds of crazy shit that has nothing to do with the band. So give us a give us a you know give us a shot. Check us out, and uh, you know again the album review crew. Uh, we talk about all kinds of different stuff there. So check us out. It's definitely it's definitely a fun podcast to listen to. Um, I think if anyone that's listening to us between the ball busting mm-hmm. between Orion and I, um, that's kind of. That that is our friendship, and that is definitely the friendship between Tom and Zeus. So definitely show them some love. Um, they're again the catalyst that sparked this whole idea for why you listen to us. They are good guys, and I I personally enjoy listening to them every Saturday with bated breath for the next episode. So again, Tom, I really do appreciate you yeah. coming on and you know sharing your thoughts um, with Orion and I for Avengers of the White Album. I th- you were definitely a, an awesome pick for this um, to share with us in the metal journey. And I'm glad to have you with us. Yeah. Appreciate it so much. much. Yeah. Guys, thank you so much. This is a blast. I really appreciate it. you guys have a great show. Keep at it. I love it. Uh, it's maybe I'll start getting into bands that I've uh, never heard of before, like protest the hero and whatever that other <laughs> band kind of is. Uh, so, you know, I don't know. Maybe I'll check them out soon, but you guys rock. Thank you for having me. Thank a you, lot man. of fun. Awesome. Thank you. So, all right. Well, on that note, Orion, he has the pick for next week, and I'm going to tell you what it is now. A surprise, because he forgot to tell us what it is, so he's going to stew on that, and then I'm going to be surprised for next week. So Yeah, you will. I'm going to choose the most obscure possible, just just blackest black metal album that neither of us can understand anything that's happening. And when we go to rank the songs, we won't even know the title tracks. Is it the new, I won't do that is, it, is it the new Demi Lovato album? No, it's the new Protest the Hero album. God <laughs> damn it! <laughs> is there a new Protest the Hero? Is, does that band still exist? I don't know. Well, there is a new Demi Lovato album. We should do that. That'd be fun. Uh, anyways. All right. All right. Well, buddy, until next week, I will catch you on the flip side. Later, dude.